1948, Burton Ramsey opened Ramsey Fairhome at the corner of 4th and State Street in Harbor Beach. Since then, technology and modern conveniences have changed the way we live. But one thing that cannot be replaced by a smartphone is at Ramsey Fairhome. It's still our family serving yours. A family business spanning three generations, from Burton to now Warren and Ryan Ramsey, with the same values as when we opened our doors over 70 years ago. For more details, go to RamseyFH.com and find out why so many have trusted Ramsey Fear Home since 1948. That's RamseyFH.com. The WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Dan Banke, and Kendall Anthes. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by AgriValley Services. It's one of those rivalries that spans generations and rekindles memories of days gone by in plenty of emotions. It's the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers and Harbor Beach Pirates going head-to-head tonight on a rain-filled evening in the thumb of Michigan. Good evening and welcome to the WLW Sports Network. I'm your host, Clark Ramsey, for tonight's broadcast. Alongside of me once again is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hansen. Thanks, Clark. Uh, always good to be here in Laker country. It took a long time this season to get here, but uh, finally get a home game here for the Lakers. It's a rivalry that saw it coming to a boiling point some 40 years ago, but the sentiment is still there. All these years later, it might not be the players, but the parents whose feelings haven't changed. If you told anyone the numbers 15-14, it wouldn't mean much unless you were familiar with the Pirates and Lakers in the early 90s. No doubt about it. And even back then, still today, it's always a physical contest, and both teams have a lot on the line, especially playoff positioning to fight for. The Harbor Reach Pirates enter tonight with a 6-1 record, having rolled through their 2023 competition, with one exception of the Ubley Bearcats. The Pirates are on the up-and-up with the bright future, but tonight their coaching staff will make sure they're focused on the Lakers. Plenty of sophomores and other underclassmen playing big-time roles for this Harbor Beach team. They have a lot of exciting playmakers, but can that line handle the Lakers up front? That will heavily determine the outcome of this game. The Lakers got off to a slow start to begin the 2023 campaign, but after an 0-2 start, the Green Machine has won four of its last five games. They're looking to bounce back from a loss to Cass City last week with their playoff hopes requiring at least one more win in the next two weeks. Yeah, and those first two games you can throw out, they played elite competition, good tough scheduling, but an injury to their quarterback Sears last week in front of her own eyes. We'll see how healthy he is, if he can make the big play for his team. It's Lakers and Harbor Beach going head-to-head with the overall series tied at 16 apiece. Before we kick off tonight's game, we'll host our media roundtable, take a look at other area games, and deep dive into the game of the week. It's Harbor Beach at Lakers. Presentation of the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Agar Valley Services. DS Services of Cass City for all of your grain handling needs. Conic Radiator and Air Conditioning of Maddox. Rainey's Hunting Center, 269 Guns. 
North Star Bank, guiding the way. Countryside Transportation, Heron Auto Parts, Lakers Schools, Bayport State Bank, Tina Celia Farm Bureau Insurance, Harbor Beach Community Schools, Albert Insurance Agency of Port Hope and Harbor Beach, and Sure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Anger Valley Services on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to AngerValleyServices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyrighted presentation of Thumb Broadcast Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction with the express written consent of the WLW Sports Network is strictly prohibited. Divisional play is over. The Cassidy Redhawks claim their first Greater Than West title since 2020, while the Ugly Bearcats claim their third straight Greater Than East title. This week, the North Central Thumb League gets sorted out in both the Stars and Stripes divisions. Bay City and All Saints in Akron Fairgrove played last night with the All Saints taking the title. Quite the turnaround for both teams this season, I will say. In the NCTL Stripes, excuse me, Stars, that was the Stripes division last night, Brown City can clinch the outright title and win over KPAC tonight, something they should do quite easily. Then after tonight, just one week of football stands between us and the postseason. It's hard to believe that the playoffs are already right around the corner and your home for all the action between now and Thanksgiving is right here on the WLW Sports Network. As it looks right now in 11-player football, Ubley, Harbor Beach, and Marlette are pretty well locked in for Division 8, while Cass City, Lakers, and Sandusky are all likely in and Division 7 as well. According to the experts, Sandusky has a 99% chance of making the playoffs, while Lakers sits at an 89% chance. Basically, win either tonight against Harbor Beach or next week against Bad Axe in the Green Machine. We'll move on into the postseason. My name is Clark Ramsey, your host now for 13 seasons on Sports Radio 1021. And to my right for the last 12 years has been Dave Hansen. Yeah, Clark, hard to believe that the uh, playoff season is already upon us. And, and we are close to looking like seven of our local teams potentially making the playoffs. Uh, Got to love that for the local area. Since 2013, our director of sports information has run the roads all the way from Livonia, Michigan for us each and every week. Doug Cole is one of the masterminds that you do not hear on air, but make our broadcast a success, keeping track of all of our real-time stats in all aspects of the game. Doug, welcome back to Laker Country. Thank you, Clark. It seems like it's been a while since we've uh, been here. I know this is our first time, but I'm excited to be back in the western part of the thumb, and I'm looking forward to a great rivalry game. Uh, the best part is is uh, another chance for you to get a great place to eat around in a new area. So uh, how was your write-up, and where did you stop? Uh, my write-up was great. Even with the rain, it was smooth sailing. I uh, actually stopped in Outen for the first time. Yeah, The place is called Phil's Diner. Phil's Diner, I know it well. Yep, uh, it, it was really old school, definitely an old school feel. Uh, the service was great. I had they had the fish fry. Oh, fantastic! On, uh, Friday night for Friday nights, and uh, took advantage of that, and uh, it was delicious. What'd you have? Uh, it was the fish and chips. Oh, okay, all right. Yep. So I had the uh, French fries, and it, it was good. They offered dessert, but I was like, eh, I'm a little full. <laughs> okay. Does it get the Doug Cole seal of approval? Oh, absolutely. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, so we can continue on with dining with Doug for yet another week as he travels the countryside and finds local eateries and gives the Doug Cole seal of approval when deemed appropriate, and only when appropriate. And uh, well, the founder of the nation's leading school for football broadcast logistics would be our very own Dan Benke. As our spotter, Dan is the other key that you do not hear on air, but is absolutely essential to making Dave and I sound somewhat intelligent. Dan Benke is back on the road this week to continue his speaking tour, this time in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, that guy, uh, he definitely is expanding his horizons and and spreading the Dan Banky School of Spotting to uh, nationwide, so uh, wish him uh, good luck in all his endeavors and hope to see him back next week. 
And after a week of conducting an externship with the Canadian Football League, our intern and top student at the Dan Banky School Football Spotting, we welcome back Kendall Anthus to this side of the border and to our broadcast booth tonight. Kendall will be stepping up uh, in Dan Banky's absence as our spotter this evening. Kendall, welcome. Thanks for having me back. I uh, can confirm we do have some of the top recruits for next year coming in from Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. There's a couple big ones. Uh, we offered a little bit of a scholarship, and we're bringing them in. The Okay, with the scholarship, <laughs> with, the, with the Canadian conversion Correct. To, to U.S. Yeah. dollars? Oh, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, we don't have that kind of money. <laughs> and, Dan, just letting you know, if you're listening, uh, my tab will be at your front doorstep next week. <laughs> That's called reimbursement, not tab. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a whole be, different it, thing it, there. There's a tab. Okay. Well, tonight is an old rivalry that's being dusted off this evening between the Lakers and the Harbor Beach Pirates. We're... Well, we are about, well, 48 minutes away from kicking things off right here on Sports Radio 1021 and live worldwide at WLWSports.com. When we return, we'll host our media roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network being powered by Anchor Valley Services. It's a rain-filled Friday night from Laker Country, and you're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Harbor Beach on the road against the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers in week number eight of the regular season. It's now time for the Meteor on Table presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley. If you're looking for the latest models from Chevrolet, look no further than the north end of Ubley at Thompson Chevrolet. Find new roads. Join me today via text message from the Huron County View. It's the Mike McCarthy of the Meteor on Table, Paul P. Adams. Our director of sports information, Doug Cole. Our intern from Northwood University, Kendall Anthos. The top spotter this side of East China Township, Michigan, Dan Banky. And the defending champion in the meter on table, Dan, or Dave Hansen. Excuse me. Through the end of the broadcast season, we keep score of our game's predictions, and when that time comes, we will deem a media roundtable winner. In last week's broadcast, Dan Benke secured his first victory of the season, almost hitting the score on the head of the lakers Cast City game. That ties Dan with Kendall Anthos and Paul P. Adams, each with one win, while Dave Hansen still maintains a two-game lead with three. Meanwhile, Doug Cole is still searching for his first victory of the season. Doug, it's not too late to get a, get on a heater here. Well, if Paul is the Mike McCarthy or Mike Mike McCarthy, then I'm the Mario Cristobal. Oh, okay, <laughs> very nice. Wow, good. <laughs> you do have a short temper. I will say that. Yes. So how it works: each media representative picks a winner in a final score of this week's future game of the WLW Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner, then I, Clark Ramsey, will graciously accept the victory for the week, which has not happened this year yet, fellas. So well done. But since Dan Banky won last week, he will go last. So tonight's order is Doug Cole leading things off, followed by Kendall Anthus, Paul P. Adams, Dave Hansen, and then Dan Banky. Doug Cole, the tea is yours. Well, I think a big thing that we have to uh, keep our eye out is the turnovers. Obviously, a draining yep. out. Both of these teams like to run the ball. And I think the turnover battle will be key. I think, however, there's just not enough uh, offensive firepower for the Lakers, especially with uh, Jay Sears and, and his health. I think Harbor Beach uh, t- has enough offense to uh, win pretty big here. I got Harbor Beach winning here, 28 to 12. 28 to 12. So by 16 points, according to Doug Cole, 
in favor of the Harbor Beach Pirates, 28-12. to 12. Kendall Anthus. Yeah, I'm kind of with uh, Doug on this. I think that the turnover battle in the rain is going to be a big play in tonight's game, and the health of Jay Sears is up in question. If he's going to play the whole game, how is he going to be able to perform? Uh, in the Harbor Beach offense, I mean, they've clicked pretty well pretty recently, so I'm going to take the Harbor Beach Pirates 30-6. to 30-6. to six. So, Harbor Beach by 24 points, according to Kendall Anthus. 30-6 to six by 24 points. Paul P. Adams, he is covering the Cass City Ubley game tonight, and this is what he sent in just a few moments ago. It's a classic rivalry renewed tonight with Harbor Beach and Lakers. These are the words of Paul P. Adams. But the less-than-ideal conditions favor the Pirates, according to Paul, who have been imposing their will on their opponents since a week number four loss to Ubley. Since that loss, Harbor Beach has outscored its opponents 124-24, to 24, holding two of the three to a single score. Paul P. Adams thinks that trend continues tonight as the Pirates will use their wing tee to control the ball and grind the Lakers down. Paul P. Adams is taking Harbor Beach by 30 points. Harbor Beach 36, Lakers 6. So Paul P. Adams in the books taking the Pirates by 30 points, 36 to 6. Dave Hanson. Well, let's uh, let's put it all on the line. Jay Sears is not healthy. We were there last week. Uh, he definitely got banged up. I give him credit. If I was a senior, too, I'd be gutting it out. Uh, he's already got his right arm bandaged up, so throwing the ball is going to be an issue. On the other side of things, we know the weather's happening. For me, this game is more about what the Howard Beach Pirates can do in their offensive line. The Lakers are big. They are big up front. The one thing I think Lakers will do tonight is maintain the line of scrimmage. We'll see how Harbor Beach's wing tee runs against that, but I still think Buchholz and company find a way to get the ball to Benson Harper, even if it's a screen pass or something a little shorter where he can get out in space and run. Harbor Beach has more weapons with Sears not being healthy, so I do think Harbor Beach wins, but it's a battle early. Give me Harbor Beach to pull away 39-12. to 39-12. Thirty-nine to twelve, so by twenty-seven points, for in favor of the Harbor Beach Pirates pulling out the kicking team tonight. Uh, there could be All some right. messed up two-point conversions. Okay, thirty-nine to twelve, according to Dave Hansen, taking the Pirates by twenty-seven points. Thirty-nine to twelve. Let me write this down so I don't forget it. Moving on, the final, the winner of last week's game and last week's uh, media round table, I should say, should say is Dan Benke. and he's saying week eight is here already. Last week was a tough one for Lakers. Going to Dan Benke, they lost a few hard-fought battle against Kansas City and had a few key players get dinged up. Harbor Beach is hitting their stride and are improving each week. Dan Benke thinks with Lakers not at 100%, it will be hard for them to move the ball against a tough-nosed Harbor Beach defense. With that, Dan Benke is taking Harbor Beach winning this one 38-6. So by 32 points, 38-6. So the experts have spoken, and all five are taking the Harbor Beach Pirates, which means I have the Lakers by default. Good luck, gentlemen. On the low end, we have Doug Cole taking Harbor Beach by two scores, 28-12 to 12 by 16 points. Then we have Kendall Anthus taking Harbor Beach by 24 points, 30-6. to six. All by Dave Hansen taking Harbor Beach by 27 points, 39-12. to 12. Paul P. Adams taking Harbor Beach by 30 points, 36-6. to six. And Dan Baking taking the over at 38-6. to six. Now let's take a look at other area games going on. We had two games take place last night in the NCTL eight-player action. It was Bay City All Saints and Akron Fairgrove with the winner going to take home the Stripes division of the NCTL. And it was the Cougars of All Saints taking the victory handedly over Akron Fairgrove 47-6 to to claim Bay City All Saints' uh, greater or NCTL Stripes division win. 
Peck also played last night at Carsonville, and they took out CPS, the Tigers, 68-6. to In quite the victory, Peck, their only win over was over Caseville in week number two. CPS, their only victory was against Caseville last week, 24-16. to North Huron is on the road tonight at New Haven Merritt. The Warriors against the Mustangs. North Huron has lost to Akron Fairgrove. Their loss to Akron Fairgrove snapped a three-game win streak. New Haven Merritt is 3-0 and starting out since they started the season 0-3. Yeah, it, that's, this is a tough one to predict. Both three win teams, both young, struggling teams. Uh, I picked uh, I picked North Huron to win last week and it didn't work out, so I'm going to pick against them this week. Give me New Haven Merritt. Caseville is at Ashley tonight. Caseville 1-6, Ashley 3-4. Caseville lost in overtime two weeks ago, by lost by a touchdown to CPS 24-16 last week. Tough sledding there. Ashley, after starting out 3-1, and one, have gone 0-3. Oh yeah, I think Ashley at home here is too much for Caseville. Uh, Ashley gets the win. Dryden at Oakland Christian tonight. This is in the NCTL Stars Division. The Cardinals at the Lancers. Dryden 1-6, Oakland Christian 2-5. Dryden, so six straight losses and beating CPS in week one. Oakland Christian lost to Brown City by just 15 points, mind you. That's uh, one of the closer battles that Brown yeah. City's had, and they're one of the dominant teams in eight-player football in our area. But uh, give me the Lancers at home. Mayville at Kingston, 5-2 against 6-1. The Wildcats and Cardinals go head-to-head tonight in Kingston. Mayville now on a two-game skid after losses to Brown City and Deckerville. Combined score in those games, 6-104. to Meanwhile, Kingston only loss the season was against Brown City. They beat KPAC last week, forty-eight to eight. It's a good season for Mayville. Uh, nice job for them, but uh, Kingston is way too much. Give me Kingston on that one. Moving on, we have Burton Atherton, the Wolverines against the Eagles tonight in Deckerville. Two and four for Burton Atherton, five and two for Deckerville. Deckerville absolutely demolished Mayville last week, forty-four to six. Atherton, after starting out one and three, have now won two in a row. Yeah, and that stops here. Uh, Deckerville is way too much. They'll win handily at home. And the final game in the eight-player football, KPAC, a two and five up against Brown City, who starts uh, enters tonight seven and zero. Oh. KPAC just two wins a season against Dryden in North Huron. Brown City have already clinched a share of the NCTL Stars title. And they can win it outright tonight, which I expect them to do. No doubt about it. Uh, the over/under there, I, I take Brown City by 50. They are that good, and Case Capac uh, won't know what hit them when Brown City's done with them. 49 and a half. I'll take the over. Okay, all right. In 11-player football in the Greater Them Conference, we are now uh, divisional play is over. So tonight is a crossover game between the East and West across the board. We'll start out in a close one: Memphis and Vassar tonight. Memphis teams one in six. Memphis beat Genesee to start the season and have lost six in a row since. Vassar snapped a six-game skid with their first win of the year against USA, 14-8 last week. Both 1-6, and six, uh, flip a coin. Neither one are going to the playoffs. I'll go with the home team. Give me the Vulcans of Vassar at home. Sandusky, the Wolves against the Caro Tigers in Caro tonight. 4-3 and three against 2-5 and five of the Tigers. Sandusky have lost three of their last four to Marlette, Harbor Beach, and Ubley. Carroll have lost three in a row, blanked by Reese 44-0 a week ago. Get right game for the Wolves. They get uh, they get a big win for them as they get closer to making the playoffs. Win number five for the Wolves tonight. Marlette in Reese tonight. The Red Raiders against the Rockets in Reese. Marlette have now won three of the last four games. Beat Badax 39-8 for their fifth win this season. Reese found their third victory of the season against Carroll in a commanding fashion, 44-0 last week. Reese is playing much better ball than they started out at the beginning of the year, but I still think the Red Raiders are a playoff team, and they are going to get their sixth win of the season. Ubley at Cass City tonight. Ubley 7-0, Cass City 6-1. 
It's the Greater Thumb East champion against the Greater Thumb West champion. Ubley have won 28 straight regular season games. They clinched their third straight Greater Thumb East title. Cass City have given up just three touchdowns on defense since Labor Day. And they are the 2023 Greater Thumb West champs. Yeah, so n- normally here you just say Ubley and move on. But uh, Evan Peruski, from what it sounds like, that hamstring's been an issue. It's been an issue all season. We've seen it when we were there. Um, I think they're doing the right thing by having him sit out. Win or loss, this game does not really change what they want to do long term. I actually think Cass City has a real chance to win this game simply because Evan Peruski's not there. Give me the Red Hawks in the upset oh, of the weekend. Ring the upset alarm here, my friends. I, I think that's going to be a fascinating football game to see without Evan Peruski being able to take away, take the outside and blow the doors open. Now, I think the Vollmering kid that takes over is is a good athlete, but he's not that dynamic threat. Evan Peruski is in space, and Cass City's playing some of their best ball right now. And if you're wondering why you're not hearing that game on Cruise 102 tonight, that's because our friends from Thumb Tailgater Sports are covering that game in Cass City tonight. You can go to thumbtailgater.com and find that right there, as well as BadX in USA. We, we have one more game. We didn't cover BadX USA. Oh, I, I skipped that. I'm you sorry. Did. Yeah. I s- jumped right over it. BadX, the Hatchets, at 2-5, and five, USA at 1-6. BadX have now lost four of the last five games. Last win was against Memphis back four games ago. USA lost to Vassar by touchdown last week. Beat Carroll 34-14 the week before. Their only victory this season. Yeah, I think I think the Hatchets get a, a big win for that program. Win number three. They're, they're probably not playoff bound this year, but a, a win they could definitely use, and I think they get it here. And the final game is Harbor Beach at Lakers, the game of the week here, and our experts have already spoken. Harbor Beach was beat, uh, beating Memphis 54-0 at halftime last week, 160-6. Lakers lost to Cass City, snapped a four-game win streak entering that game. And all five have taken the Harbor Beach Pirates on the low end. Doug Cole taking Harbor Beach 28-12 by 16 points. Kendall Anthes taking Harbor Beach by 24 points, 30-6. Dave Hansen taking Harbor Beach by 27 points, 39-12. Paul P. Adams taking Harbor Beach by 30 points, 36-6, and Dan Banky taking Harbor Beach 38-6 by 32 points. It's time for a short break. We are 31 minutes away from kicking off week number eight of the regular season right here on the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anchor Valley Services. Listen to the WLW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune to Sports Radio 1021. Download the Cruise 102 app on your Apple or Android device. Or listen live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. And now also listen in replay form on our website. Just go to the replays tab and find them all there, including full game stats as well as entire drive summaries. Or wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. It's the Hover Beach Pirates on the road up against the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers in week number eight of the regular season. And your home for all the action is right here on Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. For the second season in a row, the Harbor Beach Pirates enter week number eight with a 6-1 record. And for the second straight year, their only loss is to the Ubley Bearcats. Troy Schelke has been at the helm of the Hot Pirate program since 1997 and has been part of the program for long before that. Schelke is the winningest coach in school history. 
He was inducted into the Michigan Coaches Hall of Fame in the offseason and has the championship ring on his hand from 2012. No doubt about it. He's coached 282 games over those 27 years, winning 194 of them, just 88 losses, a 68% winning percentage. He's had eight 10-win seasons or more, seven district championships, five regionals, five semifinals, and, of course, in 2012, that one state championship. He is 9-4 and four against the Lakers overall, including the last seven in a row. He started out 1-3 and three as a head coach. Dan Babcock was the de facto quarterback for the Pirate program last season until he went down with an injury this week last year. A season-ending ACL injury for the senior play caller, that made way for then-freshman Caden Buchholz. Now a sophomore, Buchholz hits the ground running and hasn't looked back since, leading his young team to an impressive start through seven weeks. Caden Buchholz is the third leading rusher on the team and has completed over 50% of his passes through the year. Yeah, they've done a good job of taking care of him, Clark, because he could be one of the leading running backs or second leading rushers for his team. He's just that talented, but as the quarterback and distributor need him healthy, he's got 52 carries on the season, 270 yards, seven rushing touchdowns. He ran for 93 yards against Marlette uh, on just 12 carries and a touchdown. Uh, he's had a rushing touchdown in every game this year, but one averaging a little over five yards a carry. And as you mentioned, 52% through the air. He's completed 21 of 40 passes. He's got Fifth, or, uh, five passing touchdowns on 370 yards. Uh, I remember against Ubley last year, he was 5 of 8 for 132 yards uh, and a score earlier this year, I mean. Uh, but he did have one interception, but averaging 17.5 yards completion. That passing game can be dynamite because even their short passes, they have enough speed to break it for big gains. One of the biggest improvements over last year for Harvard Beach is the ability to run the ball, whether it's hard-nosed up the middle or around the outside and out in space. Despite being in the same clip as last year in the rushing numbers, it's the way they're doing it is starting to make it people take notice. Leading the way would be another sophomore, Benson Harper, followed by a senior downhill runner, Shea Woodkey. Well, it starts with Benson Harper. That's the difference from what they had last year to this year. Benson Harper has gone from a true just wide receiver to all-purpose Debo Samuel-like player where they throw him the ball, they hand him the ball off, they get him the ball many different ways. But he's got 52 carries for himself on the year, 500 yards, seven touchdowns, averaging nine and a half yards per carry. That is big. And then you counter that with Shea Woodkey, who's the true fullback, the bell cow, the bruising back. He averages a little over five yards a carry. Uh, he's got three rushing touchdowns on the year, but if they need a short gain, that is him. And then that change of pace back, yet another sophomore, would be Rogan Messing. He's the third option in the backfield. He's got 35 carries on the year for 160 yards and a couple scores, averaging about four and a half yards a carry. In 2021, Harbor Beach finished with the third most productive offense in the Greertham Conference. In 2022, the Pirates ended up with the third most productive offense in the Greertham Conference. And for 2023, well, you guessed it, Harbor Beach still has the third most productive offense of the 12 GTC teams. Part of that is in part due to their aerial tank led by receiver Benson Harper. Absolutely. So 21 passes to go around, 11 of them. So over half have gone to Benson Harper, 300 yards, four receiving touchdowns. He averages 28 yards a catch. Last season he had 17 catches, so he's right on pace with that and six touchdowns. The rest of the team... Just 14 catches, just 120 yards, and only one touchdown. Matter of fact, the second leading receiver is Dustin Emmerich, filling what we call that Jace Kenoblock role from last year. Just five catches, just 67 yards, and a touchdown. Harbor Beach currently boasts the number four defense in the conference, giving up 17 points per game on average. Yeah, and no team 
outside of the Ubley Bearcats, have scored more than one touchdown on this defense in a game, and most of those have come later in the second half when the game's out of hand. Keep it locked on your home for high school football. Up next, we'll discuss the other half of tonight's game of the week, the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. It's all on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Agar Valley Services. You're listening to Sports Radio 1021 in live worldwide at WLWSports.com from a rain-filled Friday night in week number eight of the regular season of MHSA football. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, and Kendall Anthos with your call tonight from Laker Country. Dan Benke is off on another yet another speaking tour, this time in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, when you think of the all-time juggernaut and blue-chip programs in the Thumb of Michigan, you one would certainly mention the Lakers of Elton Pigeon Bayport Lake High School. And that was because of the accomplishments in the 1980s and sustained that through the 90s and early 2000s is straight up impressive. It's not that the program fell on hard times in the 2010s, but just not state championship levels that Laker Nation has once used to. One person who's leading the charge in returning the Laker faithful back to the Holy Land and Promised Land in head coach Dave Lavasser. Yeah, Dave Lavasser in his third year as head coach, 23-8 and record, winning 74% of his games so far, just 4-3 and three on the season this year. Tells to tell you those first two years, they were very good. He had previous head coaching stops in Pinconning and Oscoda. He was just 26 and 48 at those two schools. But in his first full two seasons with the Lakers, he won the Greater Thumb West both years and won district championships in both years, falling short in the regionals. And in, in very, uh, very close in those regional games as well. It wasn't like a blowout. They were playing what, Plum Westphalia, yes. New Lothrop, you name it. Yeah, they were right down to the final possession. They were both great games. The Lakers went through the meat grinder to start this season, facing off with two teams currently tied at the top of the Thumb Sportswear Association rankings in Ubley and Millington. Then the Green Machine rattled off four straight victories against Vassar, USA, Carroll, and Reese before falling to Cass City last week in the Greartham West Championship game. 26-12, that one. In that game, the Lakers saw their star athlete and quarterback leave with injury, but that would be a tough player in the name of Jay Sears. Absolutely, and you know he'll be out there tonight, but he will not be at 100%. 6'1", 152 pounds. He is the do-it-all guy. Uh, he is the leading rusher on this team. He, he has handled 51% of the team's rushes this year. He's got just under 100 carries for 800 yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. He averages over eight yards a carry. And through the air, he's attempted 79 passes, completing 43 of them for just under 600 yards passing and another four through the air. And to highlight against Reese, he went 9 of 14 through the air for 172 yards and a touchdown. He doesn't turn the ball over. He is their dynamic playmaker. And when you can average 14 yards per passing attempt and eight over eight yards a carry, you are the dynamic threat that other teams have to stop. Anytime you have to replace a running back who in just 11 games last year rushed for over 1,700 yards and 26 scores, that is a tall task. Ethan Wisner is now playing college ball and leaves things up to Jay Sears as well as Caleb Neaton. The two combined for all but 12 carries this entire season for Lakers. 178 toes for Sears and Neaton in 1,200 yards. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I, we do think Colton Tulaski, Carson McCain, a few names like that, uh, Bryson Finkbeiner, they're going to get involved in the game somewhere, uh, but it, it's no doubt 
about the one-two punch of Jay Sears and Caleb Neaton. Caleb Neaton, more of the physical style, come right at you back. Uh, he's got 80 carries, 410 yards, seven touchdown, averages five yards a carry. Uh, he was held to negative two yards rushing against the Red Hawks last week with the game we were at. But uh, the combination, the read option, the spread, which one of those gets the direct snap, it's a dangerous game, and defenses have to be ready for them too. Lakers has the ability to air things out and spread out their opponents with the green and white throwing the ball 82 times for 44 completions this season, a 53% completion rate with 670 yards and five scores. Scores. Colton Tulaski and Lucas Wainer lead the way for the Lakers. Yeah, they both have eight catches on the season. Both average over 20 yards a catch. Uh, Colton Tulaski, 180 yards, two of those for touchdowns. Lucas Wainer, just a freshman, uh, 160 yards and a couple scores for him as well. And Owen Eichler's got 12 catches on the year. He hasn't scored yet. Uh, he's not quite as big a play threat. More of the check down guy, the safety valve uh, for quarterbacks here. But he's got 12 catches for 130 yards. There's plenty of pass catchers in this offense. This weather is not helping. That cause, though. Defensively, the Green Machine have given up 100 points in their three losses to Cass City, Ubley, and Millington. In their four wins, the Lakers have given up just 38 points. They'll need to slow down the Pirates if they want to secure their fifth win of the season tonight. Yeah, no doubt about it. We were hyping up their line. They have big bodies on the line. They should be able to cause trouble. But the teams that are considered elite or very good in this area, they have struggled against. Cass City Redhawks, they gave up 225-plus yards on the ground, three rushing touchdowns. And, oh, by the way, on special teams, they gave up a 99-yard kickoff return. And versus Ubley, they gave up over 320 yards on the ground and five rushing touchdowns. Got to stop the run tonight. We are 12 minutes away from kicking off the penultimate week of the regular season. Up next, we'll do a direct comparison look between the Harbor Beach Pirates and Lakers. It's on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services. Well, the good news is it's not raining as hard as it could be. That's about it. That's about it. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the WLW Sports Network. I'm Clark Ramsey. To my right, Dave Hansen. To my left, Doug Cole. And to my far left would be Kendall Anthos. As the crow flies, 28 miles separate Laker and High School at Harbor Beach High Schools. For those making the trek tonight across what sometimes feel like the Checkpoint Charlie, better known as M53, it's straight across M142 via the trek bypass around Bad X, a 34-minute journey. In regards to school size, Lakers is the third largest school in the Gertham Conference. Harbor Beach, the third smallest. Lakers at number three with 297 Lakers. Harbor Beach at number 10 with 213 Pirates. So if I go in by student enrollment, it's Lakers by 84 students. Harbor Beach and Lakers have met on the gridiron 32 times since their first meeting in 1965. The overall series sits dead even, 16-16, to 16, with Harbor Beach taking eight of the last 10 games since the year 2000. The last Laker victory against the Pirates came back in 2002 by the score of 27-22. to 22. Comparing the two offenses, Harbor Beach has the advantage by about a touchdown. The Orange and Black boasts the third-best offense in the Gertham Conference, averaging 35.9 per game. Lakers is three spots down at number six, averaging 28.4. So on offense, it's Harbor Beach by seven and a half points. 
Defensively, Howard reaches number four, Lakers at number five. The Pirates are allowing 17 points per game, Lakers at 19.7. So on defense, it's Howard Reach by 2.7 points. Las Vegas has set their line for the game. They're confident that line unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University and Taylor Swift Sports Wagering Department set up factoring in all possibilities, stats, injuries, weather, and location. This Redford's Knights game sits at Harbor Reach, 12 and a half points. Today is the 286th day of the year. It means there's just 78 days between now and New Year's Eve. We'd like to say hello to all of our listeners tuning in today. Whether you're on your way to the game, out running errands, or perhaps you're looking to the horizon searching for the nearest vessel, which leads me to this week's trivia question, Dave, about the U.S. Navy. All right, U.S. Navy. Let's uh, let's see what you got tonight. It was on this date, 248 years ago, that the United States Navy was born when the Continental Congress ordered the construction of a naval fleet on October 30, 13th, 1775, which consisted of converting existing small ships to attack British commerce ships and offset British, British sea power. My first question, Dave, is what happened to those ships at the end of the Revolutionary War? What happened to those ships? Um, I am going to say that they were... Uh, they're put somewhere where they're, they're at a memorial somewhere, like a, some kind of museum somewhere. You can no, still see them. no, they were sold. They were sold for parts. The young nation was money poor, and Congress sold off the ships at the end of the war in aims of balancing the budget. That's a hard, some hard concept to fathom these days. As time progressed, while shipping and trading expanded in the 1790s, Congress realized the need for a true established Navy fleet and called for an actual construction of half a dozen frigates. Frigate ships, of course. Dave, my second question is, what is the name of the first Navy ship? The USS Constitution? Ah, that's a good guess. That's a good guess. However, it's wrong. It's the United States. That was the first ship called the United oh, States. Nice. There were six ships all ordered with similar in stature, including the USS Constitution, which also launched in 1797, being the third ship launched of the six, and also being the most popular and sole survivor to this very day. Over the last two and a half centuries, the U.S. Navy has grown to roughly 470 ships. Final question, Dave. What is the largest ship in the United States Navy today? You don't need where's, to look too far away. Where's, 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 uh, where's John Mooney when I need him? Um, <laughs> he is going to be very upset if I don't get one of these right. Uh, I think, though, this one is the USS Gerald R. Ford. You are correct. It used to be the USS Enterprise, which had some locals on that ship back in the day. That has been retired. Now it's a brand new ship, USS Gerald R. Ford, named after the 38th president and native of Michigan. The Gerald R. Ford is 1,100 feet long nearly 100 feet longer than the largest freighter on the Great Lakes. Just five days ago, the Gerald R. Ford's carrier strike group was ordered to the eastern Mediterranean area of the sea in response to recent action. And speaking of saying farewell to foreign shores, Dave, are your three keys to tonight's game? <laughs> well, let's start with the home team, the Lakers. I, I think they have to find a way to get some of these other playmakers involved. It's not. I know Jay Sears is the show, and I think he's going to do well with his legs, but I, I, with the weather and his arm being banged up, I don't see them throwing the ball too much. So we're Caleb Neaton, Owen Eichler, Colton Tulaski, uh, Bryson Finkbeiner, where are you guys? You're going to have to have a big game tonight to keep that Harbor Beach Pirate defense on its heels if you want to stay in this football game. For the road team, I've been calling out Harbor Beach all week on this. Um, the Lakers are big up front. They have big bodies in the trenches. I want to see if Harbor Beach's offensive line and defensive line can hang in there tonight. If they can handle their own, potentially even win some of those battles, I think Harbor Beach dominates this football game. But I think that is in favor of the Lakers. And last but not least, um, 
Who's going to make that big play? I think there's going to be a big play to impact this game. It might be through the air. It might be a reverse. It might be a screen pass. Which team can get that big play to bust this game open and take their take the crowd out of it and take a lead and scare the other team? Otherwise, it's going to be a grounded, pounded out game that I think favors the road team. Current conditions in Laker country is rain. Lots and lots of rain. It feels like it's 57 degrees out, and we're currently in a waning crescent moon phase. With a 2% illumination, it is just an absolute sliver. Dave, you know what week nine is going to happen, right? Oh, it's, it's got to it's, be. Our, it's the best moon phase yeah, of the area. Best moon phase, you bet. Sunrise was at 7.44 a.m. Sunset at 6.52, which was six minutes ago. So on October 13th, we have 11 hours and 29 minutes of daylight. We've lost another 21 minutes from just a week ago and just shy of two and a half hours since the first week of the football season. Your officials tonight, your referee in the white camp, Patrick Urig. Umpire Patrick Peters, linesman David Hill, line judge Ryan Powell, and your back judge being Callan Brown. Coin toss. Normally we tell you what is happening and who won the toss at this point. It has not happened yet. It's happening right now with senior night, parents night, you name it. It's happening tonight in Laker country, and they couldn't ask for better weather for it. Let me tell you, Dave. It's perfect for them because... uh they have to sell a bunch of tickets for this, so this is great. They would have got a good crowd anyways. You might as well uh, sell some extra tickets, even though you got to sit in the rain. There's lots of people prepared for it with umbrellas and ponchos, you name it. So uh, they got a good turnout, even though it is one of those slow, annoying, drizzly rains tonight. Looks like Laker was won the toss. No, they have not tossed it yet. This is the most riveting moment of radio history here, folks. <laughs> Before we get to your starting lineups, we've got to know who won the toss first. Looks like my first prediction was correct. Lakers won the toss and elected to defer to the second half. So Harbor Beach will be receiving the ball from the Lakers to start this game. Let's take you through that starting lineup. At center is a junior, Caden Potestifo. 5'11", 200-pound junior, number 63. On his left side at the left guard, Jack Smoglinski, also a junior. 6'3", 210 pounds there for number 65. On his left tackle, number 70, Hunter Eisler, a 5'11", 205-pound senior. In the tight end on the left side would be Matt Geiger, a sophomore, 5'11", 170 pounds, number 40. On the right side of the line would be right guard Isaiah Caban, a junior, 5'11", 170 pounds, number 55. Right tackle, number 72, Caden Lawhorn, is senior. 6'1", 245 pounds, number 72. And the tight end on the right side would be Dustin Emmerich, a 5'11", 170-pound junior, number 47. In your backfield, your quarterback, Caden Buchholz, 6'2", 215 pounds, sophomore. In the backfield, your running backs, Rogan Messing, the acting fullback, 5'10", 165 pounds, a sophomore, number 14. Your halfback, Benson Harper, one of the most prolific athletes on the field, number 10, a 6'1", 170-pound sophomore as well. And your halfback, the bruiser, 5'10", 210 pounds, a senior, number 5, Shea Woodkey. Now we listen in to the Laker marching band on the field tonight for our national anthem with the playing of the Star-Spangled Banner here from Laker Country in week number 8. It's Harbor Beach and Lakers faring off next, but first we have some national honors to do. As we proudly sing our national anthem with the Laker High School Marching Band.
Play ball. Beautiful night here, Dave Hanson. Senior night, parents' night for the Lakers. Sparse crowd, as you'd imagine, as the rain has really not stopped since about noon today. It started to sprinkle over in Pigeon and Elton and Bayport, and then it's turned into a heavier rain, and now it's certainly the heaviest rain we've seen this entire day. Yeah, it has. And again, it's that slow soaker, uh, just so that field is going to be sloppy. You're going to see... You see people slipping, wiping out. The ball is going. Ball control is going to be a big, big stress by the coaches to these kids. Got to take care of the football first. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if any team dares to throw the football. That is an element that both teams like to utilize. Um, could be completely eliminated out of the playbook today. So you want to keep that game close. Otherwise, uh, if you fall behind, you're gonna have to find a way to maneuver against these tough defenses. Twelve minutes are on the clock. Both teams in their final huddles. Hyrule Beach in their road white uniforms with black numbers, orange outline, pirates across their chest and small on the tag. White helmets with a black face mask, black pants for the pirates tonight. Lakers in their road, or excuse me, home green uniforms. Laker across their chest in white. White numbers as well. Green helmet with a wheeled L on the right side. Numbers on their left with a black face mask. Kicking off for the Lakers would be the do-it-all back, the do-it-all athlete number two, Jay Sears, a tough nose to crack, or tough crack cookie to crack, and he's a senior, six foot one, 152 pounds, plays quarterback, he's the punter, he's the kicker, he's the safety, he does it all, he even does windows, which certainly will be busy tonight with all the rain falling. Deep back for the Pirates would be number 10, Benson Harper, he's returned a few punts, a few kicks this season already, and he stands back at his own three-yard line on the left side of your radio. Jay Sears stands at his 40 on the right side of your radio as the officials trying to keep that ball dry before Jay Sears with a sleeve on his right side trying to protect that elbow and a puncture wound as he went off on that hit out of bounds last week against Cass City that caused him to bleed and ended up leaving the game as the game was already in hand at that point. Legal hit, mind Legal you. Hit. Just, uh, again, it just it carried out into the benches where that track is not, that, close. is not that far away from the field. And, uh, yeah, we assume that he fell somewhere on or near the edge of that track. And we didn't find out until after the game that, that it was absolutely a puncture wound that he uh, eventually got healed up over the weekend. But, uh, yeah, he's got that covered for protection. Uh, again, another factor in the Laker passing game. Is he going to be able to throw the football? And if he does, it'll probably be short, quick, screen passes, that type of thing. Well, it's a kick with the wind in their back, and it's brought in by Benson Harper at the 10-yard line. across the 20, comes to the near sideline. He's at the 30, has room to run. He breaks out another tackle, arm tackle there at the 40. He's still at his feet, and he's tackled forward all the way out to the 45 before he's stopped by Owen Eichler, as well as Mitchell Morosky, senior and a junior on this joint tackle on special teams, and Harbor Beach will start out with favorable field position at their own 45-yard line, a 55-yard field in front of them. Yeah, if you haven't seen Benson Harper run the football yet, uh, he is definitely worth the price of admission. He... Um, he has got that ability to change direction uh, without changing his body style. He just he just turn, changes direction on a dime. He doesn't slip. He doesn't uh, his body doesn't get outside of his center of gravity. So he is able to maintain top speed even on these conditions. And he's his biggest maturity from last year to this year is his physical strength. He was hard to tackle on that carry and a big return to start this game. Uh, Harvard Beach starts out in the tee and they hand it off to Shea Woodkey, the senior, and he gets out across midfield and is finally stopped at the Laker 45-yard line. That's going to be a gain of 10 on the play. Tackle made out of the secondary and middle linebackers. Luke Good stops him. He's a sophomore, but not until after a 10-yard gain. They're very close to that first down marker. Looks like he's just shy. 
Yep, they're going to mark him down. Nine and a half yard gain there by Shea Woodkey. Now, Shea Woodkey lines up on the right side of that wing tee. Benson Harper on the left with Rogan Messing holding down the middle of that tee running game. It's a handoff to Shea Woodkey again. Same hole, and he has a, a similar result. This time he has the first down until he gets all the way down to the 42-yard line for a three-yard gain before he stomp out of the secondary by Jay Sears, the senior safety Four Lakers move the chains from the Harbor Beach Pirates into Laker territory at the 42. Yeah, exact same play. You see Shea Woodkey on the right side. He goes behind the quarterback. Bukaltz around the left side in between the guard and the tackle, and he plows his way ahead. Another three, four, five yards on the play, and it's two running plays to Woodkey, 13 yards later, and it's a first down. Kata Bukaltz under center, the sophomore quarterback. Hands it off to Benson Harper, tries to bounce off tackle, and there's big man 74, James McArdle, the defensive tackle senior. Grabbed his jersey and didn't let him go any further than the original line of scrimmage. They have him stopped at the 42-yard line for no gain. Second down and 10, that is the defensive line and talk that we've been seeing from the Lakers so far. They're big, they're nasty up front, and that starts with McArdle on the line. He's one-on-one with Caden Lawhorn. It's going to be a battle that we are going to watch all night, and that's the side he's trying to, to keep. McCardle from getting in the backfield so that way Harper can get to the outside. That is the goal is to get him in space and he was pushed Lawhorn got beat, pushed into the backfield great individual play by McCardle to blow up that running play. Irish will pitch this one to Shea Woodkey to the left side. He has a seam. He's across the 35 and the forward progress has him all the way out to about the just shy of the 30 yard line down to the 31 for a 12 yard gain Jay Sears gets credit for the tackle and another move the downs, move the chains moment for the Harbor Beach Pirates. Yeah, another one 12 yard gain on that play Shea Woodkey, again, he's the bruiser. He's the power back, right? But he goes behind the quarterback again. You see Benson Harper go straight ahead. Rogan Messing goes straight ahead, and they become lead blockers. That pitch to Woodkey from right to left, he follows both of those backs through, and he makes it one decisive cut right behind Rogan Messing, and it's off to the races in a 12-yard gain and a first down for the Pirates. we played two minutes, 0-0. Harper Reach marching down the field, this time to hand out to Shea Woodkey. Finds that left gap once again, and he pushes the pile forward down to about the 26-yard line before he's upended by Derek Carr, middle linebacker and a junior, after a five, actually a seven-yard gain out to the 25-yard line. Yeah, so interesting strategy for Harbor Beach, right? It's it's all Shea Woodkey early. One carry to Benson Harper, the other four, Shea Woodkey. They found a seam on the left side. They've attacked that side. That's the spot, 78. Oliver Haley's over there, just a sophomore. They have an opportunity to get through there. They're going to continue to attack that left side until they stop him. And it's a handoff, actually, quarterback keeper for Caden Bukals breaks out of his tackle. He's inside the five and a big hit at the four-yard line, and he's forced out of bounds by Derek Carr. Forces him out of bounds inside the five. A big run for Caden Bukals going down the far sideline. Gets the first down, 21 yards in tow for the sophomore quarterback, and now sets up a first in goal for the Pirates. Yeah, it's 66, Dayton Lasaski that saves the touchdown with a big hit, knocking him out of bounds. But a great play designed by Harbor Beach. We haven't called Caden Bukholz's number at all tonight. We haven't seen him carry the ball a lot in the games that we've seen him. So that play, they're keeping from themselves, and it works Perfectly, 21 yards, and the Pirates are driving. Shea Woodkey gets the handoff. He's into a scrum down in close to the goal line. Looks like they have him stood up at the one-yard line for a three-yard pickup for the Laker defense, stopping him short of the of the t- end zone. Tackle made once again by Derek Carr, middle linebacker and a junior. Just keep it churning, guys. They found a weakness. Shea Woodkey is attacking it, exposing it. Uh, no reason not to believe they're not going to give their senior running back another shot at punching us into the end zone. 
Second down, goal to go from the one-yard line for the Harbor Beach Pirates. Caden Bugal center center, three-man backfield, as it has been all evening and expected with this weather especially. Caden Bukal calls his own number, and he's into the end zone. Nowhere yet from the officials. There it is. Touchdown, Harbor Beach with 8-17 remaining in the first quarter. The Pirates draw first blood. Less than four minutes into the ball game. It's now Harbor Beach 6, Lakers nothing. And when you have a, a kid the size of Caden Bukal, the quarterback sneak is always an option in short yardage situations, and he scores with ease. As the Lakers, again, probably like myself, expecting Shea Woodkey, trying to figure out how to slow him down on this drive, and instead Caden Bukals takes the snap, fouls his center right into the end zone, an easy touchdown, and uh, Harbor Beach with a really good opening drive, just three and a half minutes uh, to go down the field and punch in a rushing touchdown and a two-point version on the way. Shea Woodkey gets the handoff, and Lakers is there to meet the challenge and just stands him up at back of the five-yard line. Leading the charge was number 23, Bryson Finkbeiner on the stop and keeps the score at 6 for Harbor Beach, nothing for the Lakers. It's 6-0, Harbor Beach leading with 8-17 remaining in the first quarter on the WLW Sports Network. It's 6-0, Harbor Beach leading the Lakers with 8-17 remaining in the first quarter. It was 3-minute, 43-second drive, covering 55 yards, and he plays three first downs in tow. No third downs or even fourth downs. Capped off with the Caden Buchholz one-yard dive up the middle, and this one is a return for number into the hands of number eight, Colton Tulaski. He's across midfield and finally slipped up and brought down inside Harbor Beach territory all the way to the 36-yard line. A huge return for Colton Tulaski and stopped by Benson Harbor, but there's a flag back at the 38-yard line well away from the play when that was happening. I'm not so certain he didn't see a hold on the other side of the field. Shea Woodkey, his jersey was being tugged from behind for about 15 straight yards uh, right in the middle of the field, so I'm not sure how that was called. It was pretty easy, but uh, I think they're going to catch somebody here for holding on this play. So the officials discussing. And they're going to walk this one off. And Dave, you are spot on. Looks like he's dropping the flag at the 40-yard line of Laker Country. It was, uh, it, was bla- it was, it was blatantly obvious. It was the middle of the field, um, and again, it wasn't just a subtle hold. It was a jersey pull for a good 10 yards, <laughs> making sure. Otherwise, Woodkey probably makes the tackle or at least slows him down. Uh, so yeah, you can bring, you can negate that big return and bring it all the way back into Laker territory. It looks like somewhere around their own 30-yard line. Their own 30-yard line. They'll start with a 70-yard field in front of them. First and 10, right to left across your radio are the Lakers to start their first series of offense tonight. In the backfield, number 11, Caleb Neaton to his right, or excuse me, to his left would be... I think that was 11. Luke number, Good. Number 11, Luke Good in the backfield as well. And he gets out to about the 33-yard line before he's stopped by that front line. Dustin Emmerich out of the sec- secondary, also plays outside linebacker, defending on the formation of the offense. A four-yard gain for Luke Good. Yeah, Luke Good in the backfield. Uh, just a note for now, Jay Sears is on the sidelines. We'll see if he's limited in his reps or if he's going to be used at all on offense. But uh, Luke Good and Neaton then be in the backfield. From a four-yard pickup, this one's a direct snap to Caleb Neaton. He goes out to the 35 and nothing further. 
as number 14, Rogan Messing, sneaks in there, the sophomore defenseman for Harbor Beach, and stops him at the 36-yard line for a two-yard pickup for Caleb Neaton. Third down, four to go for the Lakers. Yeah, so Luke Good, we have not seen in the backfield, but just a sophomore. Uh, Caleb Neaton, we saw a little bit at the end of the game there against Cass City. Uh, ran hard, very physically. He is a north and south guy, so if you're going to stop him, you have to get in front of him, force him to go sideways. That's the best way to get him down. They do a good job there. Swarming tackles up front by Harbor Beach. Three different backs there to meet him at the line of scrimmage. Neaton just nowhere to go and it's going to bring, bring up third down and at least four, maybe five to go. Man in motion to the near sideline, now runs back, and it's going to be a misdirection handoff to number 12, Lucas Wainer, and he's pushing to his right, and he doesn't go very far at all. And we have a flag flying as well, tackle made by Dustin Emmerich for the Pirates after no gain. Flag flew from the umpire, which was behind the defense. That makes it hard to predict, but I gotta think that that penalty is on the Lakers. Illegal shift on the Lakers. And so now they're discussing whether Harbor Beach just wants to defer or to decline this penalty and force a fourth and four from the Lakers' own 36-yard line. Lakers already has the punt team out there. I think I've seen Harbor Beach decline the penalty. So you're right, guys. That will bring up so. fourth down. And so they're saying fourth down, de declining the penalty. So, so, so what, what illegal see, shift and uh, decline is very similar there. Absolutely. But what you see is, uh, and we saw it a lot last week, the Lakers like to take one of their ends and put him in motion behind the center and then use him as a lead blocker. But he was going in motion, and the opposite tight end was the ball carrier on the misdirection. They both moved at the same time, hence your illegal shift. So that will force the punting unit to come out for Lakers. Jay Sears on the field, and he punts this one, and he rolls out of bounds at about the 35-yard line of Harbor Beach. And they're going to say, still trying to s square things away here as the officials are, <laughs> are trying to communicate through the rain. And tell them to keep going backwards. Should be about the 35-yard line. And they're going to say the 35-yard line. Okay, so Harbor Beach... Forces a three-and-out punt from the Lakers. And the Harbor Beach offense back on the field, leading 6 nothing with 6.30 remaining in the first quarter. 6 nothing Harbor Beach. Yeah, they definitely got that right. That ball landed at the 40 and hopped out somewheres in the area of the 35-yard line. So that's uh, even the 36, that's, uh, that is close enough. That is pretty close. And, uh, again, we saw Harbor Beach walk down the field with their running game, get off to the early lead. The Lakers, three and out punts. That's going to be, this is a big defensive possession here for Lakers. Got to get off the field and give your offense another chance. They pitch it to Benson Harper on the right side, and he is upended across the 40 as he's elevated and hit hard by number eight. That would be Colton Tulaski as well as Jay Sears on that stop out of the 41-yard line for a five-yard pickup for Benson Harbor, the sophomore tailback. Second down, five for the Pirates. Left right across your radio. At that time, the right side of the offensive line, that's Caden Lawhorn's side and company, did a good job of keeping those big guys out of the backfield, allows Harper to get to the outside. And once he gets around that end, then his vision takes over because if there's just one guy to beat, his change of direction is second to none, and he can make guys miss. And that time, a quick cut right up the middle of the field gets him a smooth five yards and second down and medium. In the tee, handoff to Shea Woodkey on the third option, and he hits that scrum in Lakers' front line, stops him immediately, still at the 41-yard line. Leading the way, James McCarl, that six foot three, 245-pound senior defensive tackle 
for the Lakers. But when the pile clears, they say he got all the way out to the 42, maybe even the 43-yard line. And that's, Didn't expect uh, that. Yeah, that's credit for Shea Woodkey. He just keeps grinding. It's a, it's a lot to bring him down, and he fights for that extra yard. And as he's going down, he finds himself tackled forward. So battles ahead for a very important yard or two. But Saying a yard, yeah. Good, good job by the Lakers, though, because now it's third down and four. And if their defense can make a play here, they can get off the field. Caden Buchholz and Lakers tried to throw to show the pressure, and a defenseman ran right through the line, elevated, and that was number uh, 10, Derek Carr. And he'll be penalized for the offsides and encroachment, and this is a first down due to the yardage of just four yards to go. Automatic first down. First and 10 for the Pirates at their own 47-yard line. God, Harbeach just delays that snap count just by announcing uh, Carr coming in to bring some pressure, try to blow up a running play. And, tried to uh, stop. You can tell that. Yes, he did. But unfortunately, <laughs> he goes flying right over the center and the guilty party and a free first down for the road team. Quarterback keeper Caden Buchholz bounces to the far sideline, breaks out of one tackle, still on his feet. Browns have a second tackle, and he's tackled up forward all the way down to the 35-yard line for an 18-yard pickup. Finally tracked down. By 66, Dayton Lasowski, defensive end junior, and move the chains for the Pirates this time into Laker territory at the 35. That play, for my opinion, is going to be huge for the Harbor Beach Pirates, not only tonight, but if they make any sort of run in the playoffs. They have kept him under wraps. They haven't thrown the ball a lot with him lately. They haven't let him run a lot lately, but he is fully healthy, and when he is available, that play is big because he is a load to bring down. He has five or six yards, and he makes one, two, three guys miss before the first, fourth Lakers ends up bringing him down, and another big run for Caden Buchholz. Caden Buchholz gets the handoff and gives the handoff to Shane Woodkey, and there's Oliver Haley to make the stop. He was in the backfield and nearly could have taken that handoff as well as Oliver Haley. Oliver Haley was right there to stop him. He's a, just a sophomore, 5'11", 279 pounds. Yeah, and the coaching staff for Lakers clearly uh, helping Oliver Haley out there. Sophomore, Harbor Beach on the first drive. They picked on him. Shea Woodkey ran all six of his attempts right at his spot and either went inside of him or around him. Uh, Oliver Haley was getting blocked out of those plays. Quick correction there. He able to see the hole where Harbeach's trying to attack. He gets off that offensive lineman, stuffs that ball, and like you said, Clark, almost takes the handoff with the tackle in the backfield. This one they hand off to Rogan Messing. He's across the 30 and finally brought down at about the 29-yard line for a six-yard pickup. Tackle made by Luke Good, middle linebacker, sophomore. A gain of six, third down and four for the Pirates. This is their first third, or excuse me, second third down of the night. First one results in the offsides penalty first down. Yeah, that's for Rogan Messing's first carry of the game. Again, he is the change of pace back. Benson Harper with a couple carries. Shea Woodkey already with seven. Even Caden Buchholz has three carries to Rogan Messing's one, but they set it up, right? You know you got to stop Woodkey. Buchholz has had a couple big runs. Harper got a good run earlier. It's one of those things where you can't stop them all, and Rogan Messing on, on second down and long gets a nice chunk to bring up third down and manage. And on a third down and four, Harbor Beach calls their first time out of the first half with 3.13 remaining in the first quarter. It's Harbor Beach Six Lakers nothing on the WLW Sports Network. Not sure if it's smoke on the water tonight or water on the smoke for how much it's raining out there this evening. Third down and four. Harbor Beach goes for the hard count. And both sides are clapping. 
And it's going to be a false start on the Pirates this time. So Disco Knight early instead of a third down and four. It's going to be a third down and nine. A key moment there for the Laker defense. Yes, big time because it's probably still four down territory for Harbor Beach, but it's a, it's a lot tougher to get nine yards in two plays than it is to get four. Uh, so good job, the discipline up front by the Lakers to not fall for that hard count. And uh, again, a very painful penalty for the Pirates on offense. You had a good chance to get a first down. Now you make it a little bit tougher. 3-0-1 remaining in the first quarter. 6 nothing Pirates. They're facing a third and nine at the Laker 34-yard line. It's a hand, uh, handoff. The quarterback keeper actually all the way in the backfield. And Lakers, if you couldn't tell, is going to bring him down for a tackle for a loss back at the 37-yard line. Big man 84, actually I should say tall glass of water 84. Caden Caravu, the sophomore, brings him down for a loss. And for a loss of three on the play, fourth down and 12 for the Harbor Beach Pirates now. Yeah, so Skylar Cruz uh, taking some blame on that. But Caden uh, Caravu gets him pushed into the backfield. So what Skylar Cruz does is uses the momentum to let him continue to go in the backfield. The problem is, is Caden Buchholz tried to go around him. So he had to lose yards to get around him. And good job by Caravu to get those long wingspan out there and pull him down. Uh, I think that's more of a mistake uh, for for the running back, or for Caden Buchholz, because... He has to cut inside of that. Caden Caravu took himself out of the play. You've got to cut that inside, take what you can get. And uh, he doesn't, and it turns out to be a big loss for Harbor Beach. Fourth and 12, and it's a pass. Caden, uh, Caden Bukholz in trouble. He's trying to get out of it, and he's brought down at the 38-yard line. And Lakers comes up with a big stop on fourth down. Derek Carr brings him down for no gain at the 37-yard line. Turnover on downs. Lakers fired up. Good job by the Lakers. They get that sack in the backfield. Derek Carr doing a great job. He's already been in on multiple tackles, leading the way for this Laker defense. I don't mind Harbeach going for it in these conditions because you have the ability to make that big play. I don't love the play call. Nobody's falling for for play-action run from the tee from fourth down and 12. And uh, actually, Benson Harper was open there, but he's on the left side. Caden Buchholz runs to his right. Uh, there was an opportunity to get it to him, but the pocket collapses. If you're going to throw the football, get into a situation where you can throw the football and give your quarterbacks a little bit of extra space and vision to see the field. But nonetheless, good job at the Laker defense. It's a keeper for Luke Good. He goes into a scrum, gets to about the 38-yard line before forward progress is stopped. And leading the tackling was Seth and Whiskey, defensive end senior for the Harvard Reach defense. Second down, nine to go for the Lakers. Right to left cross your radio. So again, the Lakers, they like to have uh, two guys in the backfield. Either one of them can take the snap, and then the other two backs cover up the tight end. And then a lot of times they go in, they go in motion right to left, depending on which way the play goes. But that's the style of offense they like to play. Either guy in the backfield can take the snap. The other one becomes the lead blocker. Uh, and again, so that's time a direct snap. Right to the back, he goes straight ahead, and good job by the white defense there, the white jerseys of Harbor Beach. They swarm to the football and allow very little gain on that play. Second and eight, and there's another Luke Good keeper this time. Direct snap across the 40, down to about the 40 or excuse me, 42 yard line. Shea Woodkey on the stop tracks him down after a four yard pickup. Third down, five to go for the Lakers in their own territory. Good job there by Shea Woodkey. He covers a lot of field and middle linebacker for Harbor Beach on defense. He's able to get over there and chop that play down after a, a modest three or four yard gain. But uh, again, for the Lakers, they got to find a way to get a big play here. These three yard carries just are not going to do it. Uh, third down and a long five in your own side of the field. You're going to have to get at least four here to feel good 
to go for it on fourth down. Empty set, and it's going to be actually a jet sweep around the right side to Luke Good. He's trying to get on, breaks out of one tackle. He's close to the first down marker, trips up and tackled, falls forward right at the first down marker. And they're going to say first and 10 from the 48-yard line for the Lakers. Nice first down conversion there for Luke Good on the jet sweep. Yeah, good job by him because he had to do a lot of it on his own. Dustin Emmerich has him one-on-one, -on -one, a chance to bring him down at the line of scrimmage. And Luke Good is able to hesitate and then take him around the outside force that missed tackle and get to the sideline for a first down. For Dustin Emmerich, you have to maintain your presence. Force him back to the middle of the field because that's where your rotating linebackers are. He doesn't, misses the tackle, and it's that big play that the Laker offense is looking for. We've reached the end of the first quarter with a 6-0 lead for the Harbor Beach Pirates, but the Lakers are starting to march down the field. After 12 minutes of play, it's Harbor Beach 6, Lakers nothing. for the Lakers at their own 47-yard line to start the second quarter, and we have movement on the front lines as the umpire calls for the false start, so it's Cisco Knight for the first time for the Lakers tonight. Instead of first and 10 from their own 47, it's going to be first and 15 for the Lakers at their own 42. Trailing high reach 6-0. 12 minutes are left in the first half. Yeah, it's week eight, guys. I mean, playoffs are right around the corner. That's already three procedures, either false start or encroachment penalties, uh, pre-snap penalties we've seen already by the two teams combined. Uh, th these just can't happen. As you get late in the season and you need wins or it becomes a win-or-go-home situation, those are drive killers. And for the Lakers, that is a tough one on first down. It's a direct snap to Luke Good. A bit of a fumble as it hit his right shoulder. He has to scoop it up, and he's still on his feet miraculously. At the 40-yard line, they're going to push him forward. Somehow gets out to the 42-yard line, the original line of scrimmage. That one hit his right shoulder. He had to scoop it up back at about the 39-yard line. Somehow got hit at the 40 and somehow fell forward. And was tackled by Dylan Arts for the Pirates all the way out to the 42, even the 43-yard line according to the spot. Yeah, and you can see that that's just a guy that has not taken a lot of snaps <laughs> this season because he's, he is so focused on where the hole is going to be that he is trusting his instincts to catch that ball. Again, like Clark said, it hit his right shoulder pad. It wasn't a bad snap. He's just focused on where he's going, didn't bring in the ball first, and he's fortunate that that play didn't go for a lot worse. It's a jet sweep to the left side. He has room to run. He has the first down, spins out one tackle, and he's hit hard by Caden Potestivo. For the Harbor Beach defense. And all the way out to the 42 yard line, first and 10 for the Lakers. Big run there for. Colton Tulaski and the Lakers, yeah, that's, first and 10. That's twice now that the uh, Lakers have had their biggest plays on those jet sweep style plays where the wide receiver comes in motion or the tight end comes in motion. And as the ball is snapped, it is given right in front of the quarterback, that rotating end around the outside. He's got a bit of speed, and uh, that's number eight, Colton Tulaski. Again, another guy we said is very talented, and if it wasn't for Rogan Messing rotating over at well after the first down marker, uh, he might have taken that play to the house. Good job good job by the uh, higher beach defense to prevent that, but that is a big play by them. First and 10 for the Lakers inside Harbor Beach territory. It's a direct snap to Luke Good, and he hits the line of scrimmage, and nothing more than that as the white jerseys start to pile him up there at the 41-yard line. According to the spot, a gain of a yard on the play. 
take your pick, but Rogan Messing was able to sneak in there, the sophomore cornerback, and gain stops him just after a gain of a yard. Second down nine. Those direct snaps and dives right ahead just have not worked. I'm very surprised because that offensive line of the Lakers is very good, and the Arbor Beach defensive line has been up to the task so far in this first half. They've actually failed on the plays around the outside. So don't be surprised. Now the Lakers ramming up the middle, they'll find a way to attack around the ends again. Second down, nine from the 41 of Harbor Beach. Left to right across the radio, trailing 6 nothing to the Pirates. Direct snap to Caleb Neaton. Moving the pile all the way down to the 30-yard line. Has the first down after second and nine. He got 11 yards all the way down to the 11, or the 30-yard line. Tackle made by the Dustin Emmerich for the Harbor Beach Pirates. Not until after the first down marker. Another fresh set of downs for Lakers. Impressive run by Caleb Dean. Yeah. Direct snap to him. That rotating tight end, the one that's moving in motion, counters back right in front of him. The other back in the backfield takes the lead, and they clog up that hole, and he patiently waits and waits and waits before he gets just a small opening between the tackle and the guard, and he explodes through that hole and gets into the secondary before Harbor Beach knows it, and it's another first down for the Laker offense. There's the snap, direct snap to Caleb Neaton. He's met by Caden Buchholz at the 30-yard line. That's where four progress is going to stop at the original line of scrimmage for no gain. Brings up a second down, 10 to go as the rain continues to fall here. Harbor Beach 6, Lakers nothing. Nine minutes, 10 seconds remain in the second quarter. Second down, 10 from the 30. And that's, Caden uh, Buchholz is asked to do a lot for this Harbor Beach team. Obviously, being quarterback on any team is a lot to ask, especially a team that throws in pass. You have to know a lot of things that's going on. But he's also one of their better tacklers on defense, playing with that linebacker position. And so for him to be able to recognize a play like a quarterback, those are the plays we got to expect from him more often as he matures, that he blows up that running play for no gain right away. It's a direct snap to Caleb Neaton, lowers the shoulder, and gets across the 25, down to about the 24-yard line for a six-yard pickup. Brings up a third down and manageable, third down and four from the 24 of Harbor Beach. First down marker right at the 20-yard line. Yep. Good job there again. Overloading one side. Caleb Neaton following all those blockers ahead, pushing the pile forward, and getting a nice gain to make third down manageable. Four yards to go. Third down, four and a half to go from the 24 and a half. Luke Good, Caleb Neaton in the backfield. Man in motion, that's Finkbeiner. It's a direct snap to Neaton, and there's the high-reach front line to meet him at the 24-yard line. Leading the charge, Caden Lawhorn, defensive tackle, senior, six foot one, two hundred forty-five pound, defensive tackle, no gain in the play. Fourth down and four, still upcoming. Good job by Lawhorn that time. Doesn't give up his spot. He actually goes down to the ground to make sure he does not get moved, and that's right through the gap they want to attack. So from his knees, he's able to reach out, grab the legs of the running back for the Lakers, and bring him down right there at the line of scrimmage. And that's a tough one for Lakers because it's four down territory. You're deep into Harbor Beach, Harbor Beach's territory. You want to go for it on fourth down, but sure it would be nice if you could get two or three there and make fourth down a little easier. Same formation. Man in motion, Finkbeiner. Fourth and four for the Lakers. Going for the hard count now here. Now looks to the sideline. And we have a timeout called by the Lakers. That'll be their first timeout of this first half with 7-18 remaining in the first half. It's 6-0. Lakers trailing Harbor Beach on the WLW Sports Network. Seven eighteen remaining in the second quarter. Lakers calls their first time out. They're facing a very critical fourth and four from the Harbor Beach 24-yard line. They trail 6-0 to the Pirates. 
Harvey scored on their first drive. Lakers then had a three and out punt, but then stopped Harvey on a turnover on downs. At the Lakers 37 yard line, that's what set up this fourth and four from the Harvey Reach 24. In the backfield, it's going to be quarterback keep for Caleb Neaton. He has the first down, moving all the way inside the 10 and finally tackled by Skyler Cruz all the way down to the 10-yard line for a 14-yard pickup when they needed just four on a fourth down conversion. First and 10, actually first and goal to go for the Lakers. And the last time they had a single quarterback in the backfield, it was number eight for the Lakers, uh, Colton Pulaski, taking that jet sweep around the outside for arguably their biggest play of the night. That time they run the same play but they fake that handoff to him. Neaton keeps it himself, and as Harbor Beach shifts over to stop that jet sweep, they pull it out from the rug from underneath him. Neaton keeps it for himself around the right side in a lot of room, and if it wasn't for number 80, Skylar Cruz of Harbor Beach, Lakers would have their first score of the night. First and goal to go, and it's a direct snap this time to Luke Good. He pushes the pile forward down about the seven-yard line, and they'll set up a second down goal to go. Direct snap to Luke Good. He's keeping uh, Caleb Neaton company in the backfield just straight ahead. Direct snap and then just follow your offensive line. Pick a gap and go through it. He's able to just kind of follow that offensive line. No real gap to go through. And that three yards is all he's going to get on first down. Second down, goal to go from the seven-yard line for the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers looking to the sideline for the call. They have a chance here to tie, if not take the lead over the Pirates with 6.15 remaining here in the second quarter. Setting up in the backfield, Luke Good and Caleb Neaton. Man in motion, that would be number 12, Lucas Weiner. It's a direct snap to Caleb Neaton, moving his, turning those legs, gets down, looks like, to about the three-yard line before he's stopped by Jack Smoglinski for the high reach front line. Third down, goal to go from the three-yard line for Lakers. A good run there, just a powerful run. Back to the two backs in the backfield, direct snap to Neaton. He goes straight ahead, showcasing that low running power. He gets low center gravity, driving that pile ahead. Gets all the way down to the three before Jack Smoglinski grabs him and tosses him backwards, finally making the tackle. But again, getting four yards in the red zone, that's a big run for them. Five and a half minutes to go in the half, down by six. They got a chance here. Caleb Eaton gets hit at the three-yard line. He pushes foul. Touchdown, Lakers. 5-23 remaining in the first half. And the Lakers have tied it up with the High Reach Pirates on a Caleb Neaton three-yard dive right up the gut. In for the score. It's tied 6-6. Six to six. 5.23 remaining in the second quarter. Yeah, nice run there by Neaton. Exact same play. Direct snap to your, uh, your leading ball carrier. Not named Jay Sears. Caleb Neaton, your most experienced back this year. And they foul that big offensive lineman through the hole. Pushes his way into the pile and finds his way into the end zone. And with 5.23 to go in the first half, this game is all tied at six. And the home team with a chance here to take the lead. And they bring the kick team out for the PAT, the point after. This holder is Caleb Neaton. And this one is blocked. Jay Sears, the kicker, and this one was blocked Benson by Harper. Dustin Emmerich and Benson Harper. And it remains tied 6-6 six to six with 5.23 left in the first half on the WLW Sports Network. remain in the first half and we are tied 6-6 after Lakers puts together a 14 play drive, 8 minutes 30 seconds off the clock covering 63 yards, 4 first downs 2 for 3 on 3rd downs and 1 for 1 on 4th down, Caleb Neaton punches in from 3 yards out, the PAT is blocked and we are tied 6-6 
As Benson Harper brings in the kick return, he's hit hard and gets out to the 24-yard line. First and 10 for the Pirates. First and 10 for the Pirates, right to left across your radio, 518 before the half is over. That, it was a fantastic drive by the Elkton Pitch and Bayport Lakers. 14 plays, wearing down that Harbor Beach defense, eventually punching it in for the tying touchdown. Big time drive for them to wear down that team. Punch it in, finish it with a score, so we're right back to where we started. Six apiece, 5-12 to go, and Harbor Beach takes over the football here uh, late in the second quarter. Clock is rolling, minute uh, 5 05 left here in the first half. Handoff to Benson Harbor. He leaps out across the 25, gets out to about the 26 yard line, 27 yard line before he's stopped by Jay Sears, who's back on the field there on defense now. Four and a four forty-five left here in the first half. Second down, seven to go for the Pirates. Yeah, it's something we'll talk about at halftime, but he has played every down on defense. He has not touched the field on offense, uh, which is a little surprising for me but because he's still been in on plenty of tackles for this team. But they obviously trust him in the deep secondary to make sure nothing big happens, and uh, he goes and steps up and chops down the run on that play. Yeah, four tackles, only behind Derek Carr, who has five this evening. Saying wide, I, that's uh, number 11, Andrew Caban. Two in the backfield. Caden Buchal center center. It's a pitch to Benson Harbor to left side. Has a little room to run. Breaks out of one tackle. Jay Sears there meets him at the 32-yard line. And forward progress has him stopped. Not sure why it's such a late, late, late whistle there. And they have him marked down to the 31-yard line for a gain of four on the play. And steps down a third down and manageable. Third down and three for the Pirates. Yeah, and if you're Harbor Beach, it's not time to panic. But Lakers did just score and tie this game. And your offense was stagnant the last series. So I don't mind them mixing up the formations, putting a receiver out there, stretching out that Laker defense a little bit. And that only helps Benson Harper. The more people there are spread out, the more room there is for him to maneuver in space. And just like that, on a play that looks like it was going nowhere, he gets four or five, makes it look easy. And it's third down and three for the Pirates. Third and three. Three and a half to play in the first half. Six to six. Lakers and Harbor Beach all square. Lakers just scored in their last drive. Caden Boo calls under center. Three men in the backfield. Benson Harbor, Shea Woodkey, and we have more encroachment of the neutral zone, and this one will be a free five yards for the Pirates, and it's an automatic third down conversion for a first down. As Lakers are showing some pressure, Harbor Beach delayed that count just enough to draw them off, and it's a first and ten for the Pirates deeper into midfield. Yeah, and that's Derek Carr again. He was the one that got uh, caught earlier jumping over the line of scrimmage before the snap was uh, was taken. He's trying to jump that snap count, really make a big play for his defense, but that's the second time now. It's been third down and four. He's been caught as an encroachment penalty and gives that offensive higher beach a free first down. Receiver wide to the right, and that's Caban working off the left hash, right to left cross the radius. This pitch over to Benson Harper. It goes out into the flats, trying to break out one tackle, and he is tripped up, and the ball is loose, and Lakers says they jump on it. Now they're saying he was down when that fumble occurred. Tackle was made by number 50, 66, Dayton Lasowski, defensive end junior for the Lakers. In space, that was a beautiful tackle there from Lasowski there. Second down and 10 for the Pirates, 258 and counting in the first half, tied 6-6 six to six with Lakers. That's a pretty good tackle by Dayton Lasowski yeah. in open field because uh, it was time for number 10, Benson Harper, to turn on the Jets to go right around him. And, and Dayton Lasowski does a great job of cutting him off before he hits top speed, trips him up right at the line of scrimmage, and he gets nothing on that play. Second down and 10 for Harbor Beach. From the 36-yard line, right to left cross the radio, coming out in the spread formation. 
It's just Caden Buchholz and Shea Woodkey in the backfield in the shotgun. Two receivers each way. Rolling, looking to his left, throws downfield. Let's just fly to Benson Harper, and it is through. It's a little off the mark. He was looking over his right shoulder and went over his left shoulder. Incomplete at the Laker 30-yard line. Good ball, especially through this rain. Ball's incomplete now. Sets to be third down and 10. Stops the clock with two minutes and 23 seconds left in the half. Well, if you're Harbor Beach, at some point you got you got to break up this defense a little bit. Lakers has played outstanding outside that first drive where they got kicked back on their heels. They have really settled into this game and stalled out any Harbor Beach offense. But when you look on that play, it is man to man. There is nobody on defense more than five yards off the line of scrimmage. So that's Benson Harper go time. They send him down down the field. That ball is just a hair overthrown, but it's thrown only where Benson Harper can make a play on it. But if for for Caden Buchholz, he's got to see the rest of the field. Dustin Emmerich was running underneath that route, an out route, had an easy eight-yard completion and a chance for more. Got to see the whole field, not just your favorite receiver. A little bit of a low snap, and this one's brought in by Skyler Cruz and then hit out of bounds at the 45-yard line. And he's going to be very close to that first down marker, just short by a yard. So it's going to set up a fourth down and a yard to go. Caden Buchholz was hit as he threw that, and that is Skyler Cruz's first reception of the season for the Pirates. And he is a big body, another one of them underclassmen for Harbeach, another one in that sophomore class that has such a big role in this team. But just what I was saying on the last play, the exact same route. You send Benson Harper straight down. The, you send Benson Harper down the field, and then you send a tight end to angle outside and attack the sideline. That's exactly what they do. The defender gives soft coverage, and Skylar Cruz does a good job of going right to the sideline, bringing in that catch, and uh, forcing out of bounds just a hair of a yard short of the first down. Saying he's tackled inbounds. The clock is rolling under two now. Fourth and a yard to go for the Pirates. Caden Mughalts back in the tee under center. It's a handoff right in the middle to Shea Woodkey. And on a second effort is pushing forward. And they're going to say forward progress was stopped at the 48-yard line. Enough to move the chains. Tackle made by Lucas Wainer, cornerback and a freshman for the Lakers. First and 10 for the Harbor Beach Pirates. Clock stops momentarily to move the chains with a minute 46 left in the half. Six to six time ball game. Better get that ball spotted quick because apparently they're going to run the clock no matter what. Uh, Skyler Cruz clearly was forced out of bounds on the play before. No reason for the, the clock to be running. Um, but nonetheless, uh, <clears throat> good run there by Shea Woodkey, the last option in the tee, and he powers ahead and gets a couple yards and a first down for Harvey. That was a request from the officials to start the clock. Caden Buchholz with a low snap. He has to pick it up, and he's going to try and run for his life, and there is number 10 to stop him, Derek Carr, immediately the middle linebacker. He somehow gets almost back to the original line of scrimmage, and it's going to be a second down, 10 and a half to go for the Pirates. Minute 20 and counting. Still no signs here of timeouts from the Pirates as they go back into the huddle. Yeah, I'm quite surprised there because Coach Shelke and company is usually pretty aggressive. Uh, a little bit of rain doesn't seem to bother that, but uh, they're going to let this time wear down, so there must be a plan. But that was a low snap. Uh, not much you can do there. He tried to scoop it off the turf, but it bounces a little bit on him. And Again, all Caden Boog has to do is pick it up, just dive forward and minimize the damage. First, second down, 10 to go from their own 47-yard line. Bad snap again, fumbles it, and is Caden Bughouse able to scoop it up. And he is tackled immediately back of the 44-yard line. Number 10, Derek Carr, middle linebacker, yet with another tackle. That is seven tackles on the night, including what you could all tackle for a loss or a sack on that one with less than 40 seconds to play here and how we're reaching no hurry. Yeah, that was supposed to be a play-action pass, and as that ball is snapped, it isn't caught cleanly. It was a good snap right into the chest, wasn't held completely well. The running back bumps that football right out of his hand and goes to the turf, and they're lucky the Laker defense didn't pounce on it. Buchholz picks it up, but it's another loss on the play, and that brings third down and 13, and Harbor Beach uh, probably just going to run this clock, run down, run one more play, and call it a day. Caden Buchholz hands it off. 
And puts it right into a scrum in the middle of that pile there at the 45-yard line. And we have with seven seconds left. Tackle made by number 66 for the Lakers as they hand off to Rogan Messing. Dayton Lasowski on the stop. And Lakers calls a timeout with seven seconds remaining to try and get something, a puncher's chance here, to maybe get a special teams play to put him ahead here. Well, with the conditions of the game, that is a long snap to get back to your punter. So he wants to at least force Harbor Beach to get that snap off, the punter to field it cleanly, and get it away. Now, even with seven seconds left, if you're Harbor Beach, you could, in theory, snap this to Benson Harper, who is your punter, and have him just run towards the sideline and do it long enough to run the clock out. But uh, still, the snap to the punter has to happen in these conditions. You just saw two plays here out of three for Harbor Beach. They couldn't even take a shallow shotgun pass yep. and snap and hold that snap well. So, again, this is a veteran move by Coach Lavasser to at least force this snap to happen. And if they happen to turn it over, a chance for his offense to maybe get one play before the half is over. Well, it'll be a fourth and 12 for the Pirates of their own 45-yard line. They're going to be punting with the wind at their back. Wind's out of the east tonight. So it'd be right to left across your radio as the wind and rain coming off across the thumb here. Jay Sears is going to be your safety and slash, slash back forward to bring in this punt. Benson Harper staying on his own 32-yard line away in the long snap from the Pirates. Fourth and 12 with seven seconds left in the second quarter. Six to six, Harbor Beach and Lakers all square. A little bit of low snap, and Benson Harbor punts this one away. No one deep back. Good punt there. Bounces at the 15 and takes a huge hover reach bounce, and it's going to come in into the end zone by about four yards as time expires. And that is you're going to be your, your half potentially, but then a flag flew at about the 10-yard line from behind the play. And Harbor Beach is clapping, and this very well could be an unsportsmanlike conduct, according to our spotter, Ken Delanthus. So we will try and square this one away. Of course, the half cannot finish on a defensive penalty. So that's why we're kind of just hanging out and keeping you all warm as everyone outside tonight. Certainly, they might be warm maybe, but they certainly are wet. Personal foul against the Lakers. And that penalty is declined. And so the half... Let's, let's go to halftime and dry half off, I think over. is what that means. So after 24 minutes of play, we are right where we started. All tied up, this time 6-6. Six to six. Lakers and Harbor Beach at halftime on the WLW Sports Network. I'm being joined right now by Dr. Suda Domini, our new pediatrician at Sure Primary Care Pigeon. So, Dr. Domini, what inspired you to go into pediatrics? I always like to be a person who can help others, and I wanted to do something different so that the experience is easier for children, like what goes on when a doctor's visit, and it's not always a terrifying experience. It's like a big experience for new parents when they have like a new baby, you know, not knowing what to do, like what to expect, a whole new experience when something is in your hand and like everything depends on them so I want to make sure the parents understand it you can learn every day what is normal development what to watch for I want to make a greater experience and enjoy every moment of their child's life and if there's anything abnormal they can bring it to my attention so that the child can have a healthy life Dr. Domedy has seen pediatric patients from newborn to 18 years old at sure primary care in pigeon on Mondays Tuesdays and Wednesdays from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Make your appointment today by calling 989-453-2141 or by going to sure.org to learn more.
listening to the WLW Sports Network at the half. 6-6, six to six, Harbor Beach and Lakers all square after 24 minutes of play. But right now, we listen in to the Laker marching band on the field with their halftime performance for 2023. So you're saying I picked the best game for tonight?
listening to the halftime performance of the Laker Marching Band, including Ellie, the foreign exchanger from Germany. Ten Laker schools and is part of the Rotary Clubs of Seawing and Cat City. We'll return in 90 seconds with your halftime report from Laker Country as it's Harbor Beach 6, Lakers 6 on the WLW Sports Network. It's 6-6 six six at the half. Lakers in Harbor Beach all squared up after 24 minutes of playing. Dave Hanson, how much tells how we got to this 6-6 six six ball game? Started on the first drive of the game, Clark. The visiting team, the Harbor Beach Pirates, go right down the field, and they run it in with a one-yard quarterback sneak by Caden Bukholz. The Shea Woodkey two-point conversion run would be short, and at the end of the first quarter, your only score, Harbor Beach 6, Lakers nothing. Midway through the second quarter, Lakers get on the board with a four-yard Touchdown run by Caleb Neaton. Their extra point try is blocked by Benson Harper. And at the half, that would be your score. Harbor Beach and Lakers all knotted up at six apiece. Six to six after the first half in a rain-soaked Friday night from Laker country. Harbor Beach with 99 yards of offense on 24 plays. Lakers with 17 plays for 74 yards. Reaches ran seven more plays for 25 more yards. That's your differential at the half. 22 carries for 90 yards for the Pirates with one score, averaging four yards per carry. Lakers, 17 carries for 74 yards in a score, averaging 4.4. Through the air, Harbor Beach one for two for nine yards. Lakers has not attempted a pass tonight. The Pirates led by Shea Woodkey with eight carries for 37 yards, averaging 4.6. He's carried the ball 36% of the time for the Pirates tonight. Caden Buchholz, quarterback, seven carries, 34 yards in the score, carrying the ball 32% of the time. Benson Harper, five carries for 12 yards. In Rogan Messing, two carries for seven yards. Through the air, one for two for Caden Buchholz for nine yards. That reception was brought in by Skyler Cruz on just one target. Benson Harper, the other target uh, for the incomplete pass. Lakers, rushing attack, led by Caleb Neaton. Seven carries, 38 yards on the score, averaging 5.4 yards per carry and carried the ball 41% of the time. That's because Luke Good carried the ball 47% of the time on an eight-carry, 20-yard effort so far this evening through two quarters. Colton Tlaski, one carry for 16 yards, and Lucas Weiner, one carry for no gain. Nothing through the air. As you'd imagine, in a rain-filled night like tonight, Colton Tlaski returned one kick for one, uh, 17 yards which was, of course, negated by quite the hold, which would have been otherwise put Lakers deep into Harbor Beach territory to start their drive. Derek Carr, seven tackles, including one tackle for a loss. Jay Sears, five tackles. He's playing defense tonight, not offense. Dayton Lasowski, four tackles. Luke Good, two tackles, as well as James McCardle. For the Harbor Beach defense, Rogan Messing and Dustin Emmerich, each with three tackles. Shea Woodkey at two, and Carson Kramer and Benson Harper at one tackle apiece. 
Dave Hanson, your thoughts? As we should have expected, uh, with the with the rain and the field the way it is, uh, it would be a grounded out, lower scoring game. And we we have six to six right where we started. Each team can hang their hat on one drive each. Harbor Beach come right out of the gate with a good drive. They've done nothing with the ball since. And uh, the Lakers took a took a while to get going, but they eventually put together a good drive. And, and on that drive, Colton Tulaski had that jet sweep for 16 yards. That was really kind of that breaking down of Harbor Beach moment. But it 14 plays to grind out about 60 yards and score on that play on that series uh, really has been the only story of the night. I mean, again, we're talking with two offenses that are usually pretty high flying. Neither one of them had 100 total yards yet. Um, Harbor Beach completed one of two passes so far. Lakers hasn't attempted any, and without Sears in the game, I don't think they will. Um, so it'd be interesting to me uh, for if Harbor Beach is going to uh, spread it out a little bit, try to run um, from the T, from those I form or from the uh, the read option game, that type of stuff. But uh, for the story of the first half, the Lakers defense. Uh, they got beat up on the first drive. They have owned this game since that point and kept this, giving their offenses more and more chances until eventually they punch it in, and we have a 6-6 six to six tie as we go into the third quarter. Yeah, if you take a look, Harbor Beach had 55 yards in the very first drive, and ever since just 44 yards in the remaining. I mean, that was in the first four minutes of the ball game. It has been 44 yards ever since for the Harbor Beach offense. Yeah, they went down, what, just under four minutes, score a touchdown. We're all sitting, uh-oh, this is going to be a long game. And then Lakers goes three and out, gets the ball right back to Harbor Beach. It's like, oh, boy, you know, this could be a long night. But that Lakers defense stalled out that second drive and have been the best factor of this game so far. That defense, uh, they've kept they've kept Benson Harper in check. Five carries, 12 yards. That is unlike him. And, uh other nature is keeping both of these teams from uh, airing out the football. We saw Harbor Beach there towards the end just try to go into like a pistol formation, a shallow shotgun, and uh, neither one of those snaps were, were handled well. Both of them dropped and hit the ground at one point. So this weather is really changing the style of this game, and we could easily be looking at next score wins type situation. It's that type of game right now, and uh, it's only getting worse, the field conditions. So instead of asking you the, the question I ask you every week of what do we expect to see in the second half, and you tell me more of the same, what does each team need to adjust in the second half to find themselves on top of the end of the game? I, I tip my hand a little bit. Uh, we'll start with the road team. I, I think Harbor Beach has got to spread it out and, and change formations like they do against other teams. Continue to run the football, but in different directions, right? we, we got to spread it out. They need to do the jet sweeps, maybe the screen passes, but they, I think they got to spread it out and run in that, in that type of format. For Lakers, more of getting these other guys involved. You know, we saw Colton Tulaski look really good running the football. I'm not saying he should get the direct snaps, but a few more touches, a few more of the expanding the playbook, the read option from the jet sweep. Uh, we saw on fourth down, um, Caleb Neaton fake the handoff to him and keep it for a big gain. I think they need to do more of those deceptive running plays to make Harbor Beach decide who's going to get the football and and make that defense guess a little more. And down the stretch, they did that. Uh, so those are a couple specifics I'm looking for each of these teams because, uh, again, as much as we like to see these teams aired out, it's just not going to be an option. I'm sure Harbor Beach will attempt it a couple more times, but uh, they are going to have to find different creative ways to get their running backs in space. Let's take a look at other area scores from around the region. In 11-player football, Sandusky leads Caro at halftime, 16-0. It was actually 16-0 at the end of the first quarter. No score in the second quarter in Caro. So Sandusky leads the Wolves, lead the Tigers, 16-0 at the half. Marlette leads Reese at, in Reese. Marlette 24, Reese 6 at halftime there. And Ubley scores just before the half is over to make it 28-0. Ubley over Cass City in Cass City tonight. The Bearcats, 
despite having no Evan Bruski or limited Evan Bruski tonight, uh, certainly doesn't show for it as they lead by four scores over Cass City. You were right the first time. No Evan Bruski. They're uh, doing it without their starting four-year starting quarterback. Uh, I really, I know it was on the road, but I really thought Cass City would compete in that game. Coming off the high of beating Lakers, uh, w- winning that uh, Greater Thumb West title, I thought they would take some momentum. They're healthy. I thought for sure they would uh, put up a better fight, but uh, even the backup to the backups and Ubley still seem to find a way to dominate on the ground. And the only score we have in the eight-player game Brown City leads K-Pack 6-0 at halftime. Oh, now there might be your biggest shocker tonight, uh, but Brown City is a team, though, that likes to air it out and do different things, and this weather is affecting a lot of these schools, not named doubly. So Brown City 6, K-Pack nothing. Brown City 7-0 have taken care of and demolished pretty much every team they've played. K-Pack is 2-5, just two wins against Dryden and North Huron this season. And Kingston leads Mayville 8-6, so some close games <laughs> in eight-player football tonight. Uncharacteristic- by two points over Mayfield. Uncharacteristically low scoring as well. And if you've heard random cheers in the background and some random horns going off, that's because we have a youth football game going on between an inner squad game here between, between the Lakers and uh, a little halftime festivities on a less than ideal night for it. But you love to see the, the youth of these programs out here and the, the future of Friday Night Lights is in front of us right here, Dave, on the field as we speak. Yeah, they, uh, they're having a great time. They don't care about the weather. They're, no, they they're don't. Just, they're just happy to be out there. And uh, as a matter of fact, just a couple minutes ago, we've seen a long touchdown you know, run for one of the young guys. We, so have, we great... have no rosters, but number five for Lakers in this youth program broke out for a heck of a run, more than 50 yards, and ran in for the score. So that was impressive to see. As we still have two and a half or maybe even five and a half minutes before this half is over. You're, before this halftime is over. So you're listening to the WLW Sports Network. We're going to take a short break. and we'll return, we'll have... All of your second-half action from the WLW Sports Network. It's all tied up at halftime. Harbor Beach and Lakers, 6-6 six to six in week number eight of the regular season on the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anchor Valley Services. On to the second half. After an uh, extended halftime here. Dave Hansen, any thoughts here before we start the second half? Well, we had way more bigger plays when the youth football teams were out there. I'll <laughs> tell you that. Uh, those kids, there were some big runs out there. That was, it was kind of fun to watch. I was happy for those kids. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, the game we're about to finish calling here, it, it's, it's dead even heap here. I mean, neither team has hit 100 yards yet. Everything's happened on the ground. Uh the chance of throwing the football here has been very low. Harbor Beach tried a couple times, struggled with some missed snaps. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to come down to a ground-and-pound finish here. So we'll see which team's more creative with their running game to get some bigger plays. Skyler Cruz hits a line drive, bounces at about the 8-yard line and flies right into the back of the end zone for a touchback. So Lakers will start out with the ball in the second half, to st- leading, or I should say, tied with the Harbor Beach Pirates 8-8 eight to eight, or 6-6. Six to six with that Canadian currency conversion right there. So it's 6-6, six to six, <laughs> not 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> it's first and 10 left right across the radio for the Lakers. Uh, I think I need a longer halftime. It wasn't that long of a halftime. Yeah. Come on. 
Uh, yes, a good good kickoff there by Skylar Cruz. Uh, hits a bullet that uh, angled away from the return man. No chance for a return. Gets it into the back of the end zone. And a long field ahead for Lakers. But 6-6 uh, tie. They get the football first and a chance to take their lead. First lead of the game. Caleb Neaton gets the direct snap. He breaks out of one tackle. He cuts up field to the 30. And is tackled forward by Benson Harper all the way out to the 35-yard line. So Caleb Neaton tags on 15 yards on the first play of the second half. Move the chains all the way out to the 35-yard line. 11 left in the third quarter. Yeah, good job there by Neaton, kicking it to the outside, getting to the sideline. Again, we, we had this situation earlier. 47 is Dustin Emmerich. You've got to cut him off and force him back to the middle of the field. That's where Caden Buchholz is. That's where Shea Woodkey is. You're rotating linebackers. Instead, he falls for the hesitation and a missed tackle. Caleb Neaton goes right around him and a big gain on first down for another first down for Lakers. Man in motion, Finkbeiner to the near sideline. It's a direct snap to Neaton. He gets close into the trenches and he's met immediately, met immediately by that front line for the Pirates, number 74. That is the number we do not have for the Pirates. Now, number 14, Rogan Messing on the stop. As our our under our understudy of our spotter is uh, is starting to struggle here. He's starting to he's well. He we, we just realized he's only wearing one contact. So now it's second and ten. Oh, actually, no contacts, and he drove here all the way from Midland. So second and ten for the Lakers at their own thirty-five yard line. Left right across the radio after Caleb Eaton goes zero yards, tackled by a Harbor Beach player. Think better in motion to the far side. Going for the snap. There it is into the hands of Luke Good. Hits the pile and is gets all the way out to about the thirty. Seven-yard line, we'll say, for a two-yard gain before forward progress is stopped. Tackle made by Caden Bukholz for the Harbor Beach Pirates, confirmed by our spotter, Kendall Anthes. Ten and a half to play here in the third quarter, still 6-6. Third down and eight for the Lakers. Yeah, Caleb Neaton just a couple plays ago kicked it to the outside and got a really nice gain. And then after that, it's right back to the same direct snap. One to Neaton, one to Good, right into the back of his offensive lineman. The Harbor Beach D-line and, and the Lakers stand him up, those linebackers. Nowhere to go on either play. Third down and a long eight now for Lakers offense. On a direct keep to Caleb Neaton. He has a scrum in four progress. Gets him out to about the 43-yard line. Tripped up over his own player out of the bottom of the pile. It's short of the first down marker by two yards. Supposed to be a fourth down, two to go. Tackle made by, credited to Jax Paglinski. Fourth down and two for the Lakers in their own territory at the 43. Yeah, it might even be fourth down and three. It is a good two and a half anyways. As Neaton does a good job battling ahead. But uh, again, I, I'm kind of surprised. They they ran two direct snaps right into the teeth of the defense. Just There was just nowhere to go. And that puts themselves at third down and eight. They finally get a little bit of that read action I'm talking about. And that leads to a six or a seven yard gain. And they're going to go for it here on fourth down. On the quarterback keeper, it's a direct snap. And in a second ever, they get the first down across the 45 all the way out to the 47 yard. Hard line, and they needed two. They got three and a half and moved the chains. A fourth down conversion for the Lakers. Tackle made by, stood up by Caden Lawhorn, but not until after the chains. Move the chains. First and ten. Lakers drive continues. Yeah, disaster averted there because when that snap was taken, Eaton runs into Colton Tulaski, the man in motion. He kind of bumps him out of the way and then just drives forward, and he's able to get between Smiglinski and Lawhorn on that right-hand side and get just enough for a first down. Bingbunner in motion, working just inside the right hash, left right across your radio, and it's a direct snap to Luke Good, trying to bounce it outside, and he's going to be met by Benson Harper across midfield, and is turning those legs all the way down to the Harbor Beach 45 and 44 yard line. Heck of a run there for Luke Good. Resets up a second down, just a yard to go, a nine yard pickup for Luke Good. 
as Skylar Cruz on that end, again, does his job. He cuts him off and forces him back to the middle, but there's no linebacker. Where's Shea Woodkey? Where's Caden Buchholz on that play? That's all Lakers on the offensive side, and then he drags Benson Harper an extra three or four yards for what could have been a two- or three-yard gain, drags him out all the way for nine. Second down and one, and the Lakers are putting a good drive together. In Harbor Beach territory. Overloading the right side of that line. It's a direct snap. Bad snap as Caleb Neaton now has to scramble for it. Coming to the near sidelines at the 50. Now tries to stiff arm his way out. And he's tackled by Dustin Emmerich at the 44-yard line. Forced out of bounds for no gain on the play at the 44. So they needed just a yard or two yard and a half. And they're marking him down at the 44. The first down marker is at the 43-yard line. So well, no word yet from the officials. They toss the ball back into the bit of the field. And I'm not sure you can... Now they're saying fourth down. Less, less than a yard to go for the Lakers in the Harbor Beach territory at the 44-yard line. Now third down, excuse me, third down now. Less than a yard to go. Same formation. Double tight end or wing back set, depends on what you like to call it. And as a handoff to Caleb Neaton, he's met at the 45 as number 65, Jax McGlinsky, was able to get himself into the backfield and brings him down for a loss of a yard. So instead of a fourth and less than a yard to go, it's now fourth in a yard and a half to go for the Lakers at the 45 of Harbor Beach. Yeah, the play before that, that snap went right up into the shoulder pad of Caleb Neaton. He, again, he's watching for the hole and assuming that he can catch it without watching the football. He's fortunate to recover and then use his speed to get to the sideline to get it in down to inches. And then on that play there, that's all Jax McGlinsky. It is a direct snap, Finkbeiner in motion from left to right. Direct snap to Neaton. He's following right behind Finkbeiner, but it's Jax McGlinsky that gets off that offensive lineman opens up his arms, and you just can't get around him. And he does a good job of wrapping up Neaton, driving him backward, and not allowing him to fight for those extra yards. And that is a loss of a full yard on the play. It's going to be a full yard and a half now on fourth down as Lakers going to call timeout. As the play clock was looming low, and so Dave Lavasser called his first of three timeouts in the second half with 7-14 remaining into the third quarter. 6-6. Six to six. What are we going to see here? I mean, it certainly seems like Caleb Neaton is able to be the power that Lakers needs to get these short gains, especially on a third and fourth downs, able to move the chains once again. I think they've had their most success when he's in the backfield by himself. Yeah. And then they put um, a man in motion across from left to right or right to left. It, it, traditionally, it's been number eight, Colton Talaski, but just by getting everybody on the line, it seals up the cracks, and then with that read option, that motion from the jet sweep up position, it then allows you to see the field. You can read the defense and then Make that decision pre-snap who's going to get the football. And that's what you'll see the offensive coaches on the sideline. They look like a third base coach in baseball with hand signals. They're reading the defense, deciding who gets the football. And when he's in the backfield by himself, I love letting him read the defense, either allowing Tulaski to take it or just keeping it himself and just punching it forward. Uh, and that's probably what I would do. They're going to end up letting him keep the ball more, to, more often than that, it has worked well. Fourth and a yard and a half. Caleb Neaton on the keep, and he gets the first down. Looks like he's down to about the 43-yard line. Should have it by about a you – know, actually, the, the near side judge here is calling it at the 43. The far side judge is at the 44. We'll see where they mark it. And they're, they're going to come all the way out here and mark it at the foot of the near side judge. And this is going to more than likely require the sticks to come out here because this one – Looks like he might be on the other side of the 43. I, I personally thought he had plenty. For I the thought first he down. had it by plenty, and there they are. There's the signal and a fourth down conversion yet again, the second of this drive alone. 
keeps the drive alive for the Elkton Pigeon Bay Port Lakers. First and 10 from the Harbor Beach 43-yard line. Still tied 6-6 six to six with Harbor Beach. Yeah, I, I I think that I think that was the right call. I, I think they had just enough for the first down there. So uh, another again, just grind it out drive for the Lakers, continually to battle, using all four downs to their advantage and getting just enough for yet another fourth down conversion. So in the backfield on this one will be Caleb Neaton and Colton Tulaski. Wing back to the left will be number eleven, Luke Good. Also plays tight end on the right side would be Lucas Wainer. Overloading the left side, a high snap into the hand. Oh, it goes in the back, and Colton Tlaski has to jump on it back at the Laker 46-yard line. So that's going to be a loss of quite a few yards. The line of scrimmage of the 43 of Harbor Beach. They're going to say he was down at the 48. So a loss of 10 on the play, second down and 20 now for the Lakers. Ah, those are a killer. That is a little bit high, but it's not over his head. It's just barely over the shoulder pad. And again, on dry days, these guys just snag that ball with both hands and go. But today, you have to use your body to snap those to stop those longer snaps. And uh, Tulaski does all he can to cover it up. Notice there, Finkbeiner was out on that play. So then that led to a shuffle. That led to Luke Good going to the tight end position and Tulaski going to the backfield for his first snap of the game. They give it to him. It goes right over his head. A big loss on the play. It's a pitch, and now they're going to try and go direct, reverse. And there is Jack Smiglinski to bring them down, Caleb Neaton down at the Harp, at the Laker 40-yard line. So it's a loss of eight, and now sets up a third down in the country mile. It's third down at 28 to go from Lakers' own 40-yard line. I'm not sure what Neaton was doing there. That is a snap to uh, number 11, Luke Good. Neaton is to his left, and he just rotates out to the left, so Good just flips it over to him. It's a pitch to the far side of the field. He takes one step and decides to reverse fields, and when he does that, he reverses fields right into 65. Jack Smiglinski, that's about three or four plays in a row now. He's been in the backfield. But for Lakers, they've ran away from him, so they haven't really noticed it. But on that time when he reversed fields, he ran right into the arms of Jax McGlinsky. And just like that, it's a disaster, and it's third down in a mile. Third and 27, according to the sound, a bad snap. It's on the ground right at the 40-yard line. Everyone's jumping on it still. And got to think the, Lakers the, covered I would like ball. to think so. The officials don't even know where it is. They're going to say a loss of a yard as Caleb Neaton was able to find the ball at the 39-yard line. And now the so, officials are still signaling so in, nothing. So in that shotgun formation, the play, the play starts, starts and the ball is snapped. The play moves, but the ball never comes out. The ball is snapped by the center and just doesn't leave the backside of him. It sits right behind him. So the play is happening, but there's no ball to be shown for it. Eventually, Neaton finds it, and I think he recovers it, even though he was in a little bit of a scrum there at the end. So fourth down in a ways to go. They're at their own 39-yard line, and the first down marker at the Harbor Beach 33. So the punt team comes out with Jay Sears in the backfield. Listen, Sears is one of the top punters in the area, and it would be a phenomenal punt if he simply gets it to the first down marker. Yeah, That's how far they have to go for a first down. Into the wind and into the rain as well. 421 left here in the third quarter. Jay Sears gets it away. It's into the wind, and it's brought in by Benson Harper at the 38-yard line. He's still on his feet. He's across midfield, and he's forced out of bounds at the 45 of Lakers. They're going to say he went out of bounds at the 43-yard line. And tackle made by Jay Sears out of bounds. So Harbor Beach will start out on the plus side of the field, still tied 6-6 six to six with Lakers. We have four minutes and ten seconds left in the third quarter. And there's, there's your game-changing momentum yeah, right there. So. It comes up. We were just talking about how well the Lakers' defense has played. They come out of the half. The offense gets a couple grinded-out first downs, and then a bad snap and a 
a bad play. The next thing you know, it's a loss of forever and a long ways to go for first down. And Harbor Beach, then the worst thing you can do is punt it to Benson Harper, who makes him pay. So now all of a sudden, Harbor Beach, with by far its best field position, uh, somewhere near about the 43-44 yard line of the Lakers. And it's a handout to Rogan Messing. Gets out for a hard-fought three yards. Tackle made by Derek Carr, middle linebacker for the Lakers after a three-yard gain. Second down, seven to go for the Harbor Beach Pirates. Less than four to play here in the third quarter. Six to six tie with Lakers. Second down and seven. Other than a couple of those penalties that Carr had trying to be just a little bit too aggressive, he has really settled in at the heart and soul, the shortstop position of this defense, right in the very middle, uh, sealing up the cracks there, making every tackle he sees. He, by far, leads all players in this game with eight tackles on the day. Second and seven, it's a handoff to Shea Woodkey up to the left gap. He gets out to the 36-yard line before forward progress is stopped after a four-yard gain. Tackle made by Caleb Neaton for the Laker defense. Nice, sizable chunk there for the Harbor Beach Pirates. That was a third down and manageable, third down and three. Don't you guys feel like it's been an hour since Shea Woodkey's had the football? It just feels like forever since he's had a <laughs> He carried the load in the first series, and I feel like they've gone away from him trying to get other guys involved, which normally I'm a fan of. But he had a lot of success early in that drive, averaging five yards a carry. So they get back to their senior there and get the ball down. Now it's third down and three, and this is plus territory for Harbor Beach. This is four down territory. Expect him to continue to pound it out and go for it here. From the Laker 36, it's Benson Harper on the carry and he get, almost breaks out of a tackle from Jay Sears at the 30-yard line, tackles from forward down to the 29. So from the 36 down to the 29, a gain of seven for Benson Harper, moves the chains for the Pirates and deeper into Laker territory. Oh, great tackle there That's by a Jay great Seals tackle by Jay Sears. Uh, when Benson Harper hits the next level, it's usually a cut and gone. And when he cut, Jay Sears grabs a hold of him, bad arm and all, and he's able to bring down the speedster well into the secondary. It's a big play for Harbor Beach, but it's a big touchdown-saving tackle by the senior, Jay Sears. From the 28, according to the spot, first and 10 for the Pirates. Right to left, cross your radio. Quarterback keeper for Caden Buchholz tries to cut up field, and he is Bromet in the backfield by Caden Caravu, the defensive end, who is into the backfield and brings him down for a two-yard loss as Caden Buchholz really didn't know where he was. Lost his bearings and brings him is lost on two yards, second down and 12. Oh, I said he fakes that hit, both handoffs and then just kind of casually keeps the ball on his left hip to disguise that he doesn't have the ball. And when he turns around to take off, Matt Geiger gets completely beat and destroyed on the play by Caden Caravu because when Caden Bugals turns around, he is not expecting a defender to be right in his lap. He sold both of those fakes. Good job by Caravu to blow up that play and make a tackle in the backfield. Second and 12 from the Lakers 30-yard line. Caden Bukholz hands it off to Benson Harper trying to go upfield, and he's up and back at the original line of scrimmage after just a two-yard gain as Colton Talaski, outside linebacker, brought him down for a modest two-yard gain. Third down in 10 for the Pirates, a minute 35 and counting here in the third quarter. And this weather is playing right into the hands of those big guys up front. I mentioned it in the pregame. I'm going to continue to drive it home. The, the line play is in favor of the Lakers. I don't care what the spread is or who picks who to win this game. This weather and that offensive and defensive line, the Lakers, is the advantage, and they are showcasing it right now. The second quarter was owned by the Lakers, and so far in the third quarter, here we are again. It's third down and 10, and now Harbor Beach is going to try and spread it out here to try and get back into the count here, get, get a decent chunk of yards here to make fourth down reasonable. Benson Harper on the far side of the radio, throwing to the near side downfield, and there's going to be a flag on this one as... Dustin Emmerich was interfered with as that was Caleb Neaton in coverage. Couldn't get it away, and the ball was thrown over top of him as well. It's if this flag sticks, as long as it's not against the Kansas City Chiefs, this flag should stick, and it will be a first down 
on a 15-yard pass interference penalty. Yeah, the home team's not going to like it, but he completely uh, puts his arm up and does not allow Dustin Emmerich to get down the field to that football. Uh, I, I'm sure this this pass interference penalty is going to hold. and It's going to be the break that Harbeach needed on offense here for a first down. So on a third and ten, they get bailed out with a pass inter- No, it's a hold on, on Lakers. So they're going to march off ten yards, and it should be... A first down. It's all on the arch, and they're there. They all singling first down. Uh, it definitely wasn't a hold, but uh, I would I would definitely counter that and say pass interference is definitely on the table there. Um, as much as the defender has the right to the football, it cannot be at the expense of the wide receiver, and he just completely blocks him out of the play and doesn't allow him to go around him. It's actually a good job there by Dustin Emmerich to create that contact. You have to show that you're going for the football, and if that means running into the defender to almost enhance the fact that he's interfering with you. Um, that is a good job by him. They sell that in the passing game. They get that penalty, and that is a break for Harbor Beach offense, and now it's first down for them. From the 18-yard line, it's a handoff to Rogan Messing down to about the 15-yard line before Ford Progress is stopped by that Laker front line. It's caused havoc all night. It's just a three-yard gain for Messing, and tackle made by Caden Carefoo, defensive end sophomore once again for the Lakers, showing up tonight in big ways. Absolutely. They've had a couple young guys make some big plays. Like I already mentioned Derek Carr, just a junior, really settled into that middle of that defense, and Caribou now creating some havoc around the outside. Does a good job there of recognizing the dive from the fullback, from Rogan Messing. And we've seen him make plays around the outside. That was a good job to get back to the inside and bring down the ball carrier after a three-yard game. Gaten Bugall's under center. Three men backfield. There's the snap. It's a handoff to Benson Harbor. Tries to go around the outside, and the Lakers is there to meet him immediately at the original line of scrimmage. And that is going to bring down the end of the third quarter, and we're still tied 6-6 six to six as the tackle was made by Dayton Lasassi for the Laker defense. Third down in seven upcoming after the break here. We've reached the end of the third quarter, 6-6. Six to six, Lakers and Harbor Beach all tied up. We're on to the fourth quarter with a tie ball game in a rain-soggy night here from Laker country in the Thumb, Michigan. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Twelve minutes remain in regulation. Six to six. Lakers and Harbor Beach all tied up. And the Pirates have a third down and seven from the Laker 15-yard line. Far right side of your radio. Working off the right hash. T formation. Caden Bukal center center. Three men backfield. Emmerich. Messing. And Shea Woodkey. It's going to be a handoff to Shea Woodkey. Has a seam and he gets all the way down inside the 10 down to maybe the nine-yard line. Very close to that first down marker. And just shy by less than a yard. Tackle made by Derek Carr, middle linebacker. Who else for the Lakers? Short of the first down marker, but a sizable chunk there. Sets up a manageable fourth down and four down territory. I, I think the end of the third quarter couldn't have come fast enough for the Higher Beach Pirates because that gave them a time to settle down, especially the coaching staff. We need to recognize as a coaching staff who is running the ball best. Caleb Neaton is that guy for the Lakers. Right now it's Shea Woodkey, and it took him too long to figure that out. So on third down and seven, they get it right back to Woodkey, and I don't be surprised here after that big gain on fourth down and one, we get Bukal to the quarterback sneak to move the chains. Fourth down, less than a yard to go from the Laker nine-yard line. T formation, Bukal's under center, and we have a timeout called by the Harbor Beach Pirates with 11-10 remaining in regulation. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. 
11-10 left in regulation, 6-6 six six ball game. Fourth down, less than a yard to go for the Pirates at the Laker nine-yard line. Far right side of your radio. In the backfield, Dustin Emmerich, Rogan Messing, Shea Woodkey, Benson Harper is your tight end on your right side. Keaton Buchholz is under center. Trying to find less than a yard to go to continue this drive. Going for a little bit of a hard count. There's the snap, and it's going to be Shea Woodkey on the keeper. He has the, uh, the handoff. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, Harbor Beach. Shea Woodkey rumbles in from nine yards out, untouched through the left gap, and Harbor Beach retakes the lead with 11.04 remaining in the fourth quarter, 12-6 to six over Lakers. Yeah, I think uh, Lakers country was thinking like we were thinking. Uh, this is going to be a Caden Buchholz quarterback sneak, reset the downs, and continue this drive for Harbor Beach, but instead they go back to their, their veteran, their senior, Shea Woodkey, He's definitely been the best running back on the field for Harbor Beach today. They go to him, and with Lakers gambling on the quarterback sneak, Woodkey's able to just run around the left side completely untouched and just kind of strolls into the end zone for uh, his first score of the night, and Harbor Beach retakes the lead by six and a very important two-point conversion play coming up. Leading by six, trying to make this eight. Kaden calls under center. Quarterback keeper tries to cut up field, and he's chopped down at the one-yard line. Two-point conversion fails, and it remains a two a six-point ball game as Kaden Caravu chopped him down before the end zone. 12-6, to Harbor Beach leads. The Lakers, Lakers still in, in punching distance here, and we're in for a heck of a finish here. 11-04 remains in the regulation. Harbor Beach 12, Lakers 6 in the W. LW Sports Network. remains in the fourth quarter as Harbor Beach's kick goes out of bounds at the 18-yard line after a five-minute, six-second drive, covering 43 yards and nine plays. Two first downs, two for three on third downs, and one for one on fourth down. Camped off with a Shea Woodkey nine-yard run into the end zone at a fourth and one. The two-point conversion fails on the quarterback keeper. It's 12-6. to Harbor Beach leading the Lakers. The Lakers back on the field. 11-04 remain in regulation, and they'll have a short field to work with. They're actually going to re-kick this one. Okay. Yeah, Skylar Cruz's kick uh, goes out of bounds and uh, with the weather and trying to angle it away from their playmakers. I won't pick on him too much, but it absolutely looked like one of Clark's drives. You know, yeah. As a left-hander, that ball is right off the toe of the club and straight That's... left out of bounds. So uh, and I, I, I don't blame the Lakers here for backing him up a few yards and making him kick again. Using this weather to your advantage instead of just taking it at the 35, <laughs> uh, let's back him up and see if we can't get a return on top of it. Well, Harvard Reach almost got the kick away from the 40-yard line again. Instead, they push him back five yards as they should. And so now they'll re-kick this one from their own 35-yard line deep back for the Lakers are staying at their own 20-yard line. Looks like Caleb Neaton and Colton Talaski. If I'm reading those numbers right, certainly scrunched up tonight and rain soaked from both sides. 11:04 remaining in the fourth quarter. 12 to six. Harbor Beach leading by six points. That is Colton Talaski and Caleb Neaton. Waiting the kick from Skyler Cruz from his own 35. It's another line drive. Another comes in at the 20-yard line, brought in by Caleb Neaton. Cuts back to the middle of the field and he's met at the 31-yard line. 
by Shea Woodkey on special teams. Also middle linebacker, also plays a little nose guard. You name it, he does it. It's first and 10 for the Lakers at their own 31-yard line. Trailing by six points, right to left across your radio. Really starting to see these guys. It took a while, but you're starting to see these guys slip a little bit as Deaton goes to hit the brakes uh, and, and let the guy fly right by. Uh, instead, Shea Woodkey's able to line him up and lay a big hit on Caleb Deaton. And now the penalty really has very little effect on the game. They could have just taken the 35 and said they'll start at their own 32, uh, so or 31 even. But, again, not much impact on that uh, extra kick. And now Lakers down six with 11 minutes to go. This is a big drive. It's a jet sweep to Colton Zelaski across the 35 as he nearly slipped up at the line of scrimmage. Instead, he gets all the way out, and they say forward progress has stopped at the 39-yard line. Tackle made. Out of the secondary by Caden Buchholz, actually out of the linebacking corps. Stops him just shy of the first down marker after a nine-yard gain. Second down, yard and a half to go for the Lakers at their own 40. Colton Tulaski's got some pretty good juice, and uh, he's the perfect guy for that jet sweep. And, again, they are doing a pretty good job of trying to get these guys in space, attack the middle, and then counter with some things around the outside. They've had some good luck with it, and they're going to do it again here. And they go to the opposite side, and Colton Tulaski gets the first down out to the 42-yard line for a three or two-yard gain. Tackle made by Dustin Emmerich for the Laker, or for the Hover Reach defense. Move the chains first and ten for the Lakers. And again, they've, they've decided that Colton Tulaski has provided them with the biggest upside punch, so they go right back to back. One to the left, one to the right. Uh, put him in motion and hand it off to him in that jet sweep style handoff around the outside. And uh, Not a huge gain the second time around, but two plays and a first down. That's pretty good. And so first down Lakers with ten minutes to go in this game. Lining up first and 10 for their own 43. Right to left cross rated or Direct snap to Caleb Neaton. He pushes the pile forward across the 45. And the scrums out to the 47 before Ford Progress is stopped for a four-yard gain. The clock continues to roll. Tackle made by Jax McGlinsky for the outreach front line. Gain of four. Second down and six from the 47 in their own territory. They're already at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so that time they run the exact same play. It's Neaton in the backfield and Colton Tulaski in motion. That time, a little bit of a read option. He pulls the ball out of Tulaski's hands and runs it himself and gets about four yards. Another jet sweep to Colton Tulaski. He's met in the backfield. Gets out of that tackle. Cuts back up field and he gets back to the line of scrimmage. Maybe out for another yard out to the 48-yard line. Looks like number 52, Keegan Nowiski, will be credited for the tackle. Jack Spiglinski was the one who slowed him up. Er, oh, Seth Nowiski. Seth Nowiski, excuse me. Yeah, Seth Nowiski did a good job of cutting him off, and as Colton Tulaski cut inside of him, Nowiski's able to reach back and grab that jersey. Now, he doesn't tackle him, but he kind of spins him out in a circle, and then that allowed the rest of your and uh, and the other Nowiski to make, some ta- make a tackle on the play. Third down, five to go from their own 48. He goes to the Harbor Beach 47. Less than 10 on the play clock. Direct snap to Caleb Neaton. Slips in the backfield and gets to the 50-yard line for a gain of two on the play. And they're going to say he... F- the, the spot is still working at the Harbor Beach 49-yard line. So his favorable spot, fourth down, yard and a half to go for the Lakers into Harbor Beach territory. That, uh, that's about a full yard farther than I think Neaton actually got, but it's still... Going to bring up at least two, I would say yard and a half, two yard yards half, to go yeah. for that first down. And Lakers, without hesitation, uh, gets right over the football here. And two guys in the backfield, that's neat and good, trying to go for here on fourth down. And we got mo- motion, and there's the flag, and this is going to push back Lakers five yards. This is going to be a false start on the Lakers. As there's motion, Harper <laughs> reaches full line, but staying up, shouting. And instead of a fourth down, and we'll say two, it's going to be fourth down and seven. For the Lakers, and they bring out the punt team. Yeah, Wayner was in motion on the play, and 
think Biner assumed he was supposed to go in motion, so he hesitates. They both kind of move at the same time, and uh, that's going to cost him five yards and a, a chance at a first down. Now with eight minutes to go in this game, they're almost going to have to punt it away here, I think. So Jay Sears comes out of the field. They have a gunner wide right. Right punting right to left cross the radio with the wind and rain in their back. And this one's blocked. It's blocked and scooped up at the 32 yards. Still on the feet on his feet. And now it goes backwards. Jay Sears. And now Harbor Beach jumps on it back at the 26-yard line. Jax McGlinsky with the block. Got well into that punt. Nearly brought it in, but couldn't jump on it. And then jumps back. Bounces around. Jay Sears scoops it up. He couldn't hang on to it. And then gets tackled and finally bops loose at the 26-yard line. There's a fight for who has the fumble. It doesn't matter. That was a fourth down. And so this is going to be a first in 10 for the Pirates. Deep into Laker territory on the plus side of the field with 744 left in the fourth. Yeah, you pointed it out big time. Lakers put a gunner on the field to try and help cover the punt, which would be going to Benson Harper to try and catch him before he gets a return. But when you take one guy off the line of scrimmage, that's one less guy blocking. And uh, Jax McGlinsky been saying it for the last half hour or so. He's been in the backfield a lot, and he got in backfield there. And Jay Sears literally kicks it into his chest right into the 65. It is completely blocked and smothered, and that is another big momentum change as Harbor Beach works with very short field again. Shea Wood gets the handoff. He jumps out of one tackle, jumps out of maybe two, gets out across the 20 for a five-yard pickup. They're going to mark him down just the other side of the 20 for maybe a six-yard gain. Tackle made by Lakers Derek Carr, middle linebacker. When in doubt, just say Derek Carr tonight for the Laker defense. Second down, uh, long, well, we'll say second down and five right at the 20. That was a good run by Shea Woodkey. What people aren't going to see is Oliver Haley gets in the backfield to completely disrupt that play, and it's Shea Woodkey that takes the handoff and is able to get enough traction to juke from left to right and get around Haley, and that allows him to go from what should have been a loss of two for a gain of five for Harbor Beach. And it's another handoff to Shea Woodkey. He gets the pile and pushes it forward all the way inside the 15. It looks like he has the first down by a little bit here. And as they clear out the pile, on the bottom of that pile will be, well, Derek Carr for the Laker defense making the stop, and it's another move the chains open for Shea Woodkey and the Pirates. Yeah, but as many tackles as Derek Carr has, and he will learn as he gets going, you can't wait for Shea Woodkey to get five yards before you make that tackle, and uh, I'm not sure what woke up on the Harbor Beach uh, offensive playbook here, but they rediscovered that Shea Woodkey's running the ball really well tonight, and they're starting to feed their senior, and he is making this Laker defense pay. First and 10 from the 15 of Lakers. Harbor Beach with a six-point lead, 12-6, to six, six and a half have to play in the fourth quarter. Katie Bukal surveys the prairie. Still is not settled under center. Three men backfield behind him. As Benson Harper back in the backfield. And he's going to get the handoff on this one. Has a little bit of running room down to the five. Touchdown. Benson Harper and the Pirates from 15 yards out. Benson Harper tacks on the third score for the Pirates tonight. And just like that, it went from all momentum on the Lakers side. A block punt sets up a short field and the Pirates score the third time this evening. Second time this second half. And suddenly it's a two possession game. 18 to six. Yeah, that block punt is huge. But it's the, it's the tone that Shea Woodkey is setting. He is the one that putting this offense on his back, carrying him, carrying this team for five-yard carries every single time he gets the ball. And when he does that, it's only a matter of time before he helps out his fellow backs, whether it's Caden Buchholz, Rogan, uh, Messing, 
or it's Benson Harper, and Benson Harper is the direct benefactor from Shea Woodkey running the ball so well as he breaks free for 15 yards and a score. A handoff to Shea Woodkey. He's fighting for his life in there, but the Laker front line has other plans, and they stop him at the half-yard line. The two-point conversion fails. It's a 12-point lead for the Pirates, 18-6, with 6.21 left in regulation on the WLW Sports Network. 18-6, Hyper Beach leads. Six twenty-one remains in the fourth quarter. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, and Kendall Anthes with your call tonight from Laker Country. It's eighteen to six. Hammer Beach leads as they take on six points in favor of the blocked punt. Set them up at their Laker twenty-five yard line. Took three plays later, and Benson Harper runs in from fifteen yards out. Just takes a minute twenty-three off the clock. And tacks on six points. The two-point conversion failed on the Shea Woodkey run. And it's 18-6. to Hyper Beach leads by 12 points. It was just 6-6 six to six a moment ago as we ended the third quarter, actually. And it's been two scores for the Pirates here in the fourth. Skylar Cruz's kick hits the wind, and it comes into the 15-yard line by Colton Talaski. He's across the 25, comes to the near sideline, has a beautiful block there. Cuts back upfield. He's across midfield, and it's tackled forward all the way into Hyper Beach territory at the 44-yard line, as Andrew Caban will be credited for the tackle. There is a beautiful tackle and block made by Zach McCardle back at the 35-yard line, who set that drive and returned back for Colton Talaski. Yeah, he set the wall. Good call out there, Clark. You're absolutely Thank right. You. He makes that block, and, and Talaski does a good job of working around it and gets this sideline and it's one-on-one with the kicker Skylar Cruz. Uh, fortunately for Harbor Beach, he is a big kid with a lot of long arms and Caban comes over to help make that tackle, but that is just what Laker fans needed to see here. With 6-12 to go in this game, you are down two scores. That big kick return helps set up short field. Look who's in the game Jay at quarterback, Sears at quarterback rolling to the far sideline, running for his life, and he runs out of bounds untouched as the official goes down on the line. As they tried to chase him out of bounds, the Lead sideline judges plowed over in the pursuit from the Harbor Beach defense. And when all said and done, they're going to say he was down at the original line of scrimmage. So Jay Sears back into the ballgame. Yeah, interesting strategy. If you're willing to use Jay Sears now, my question is, is why wouldn't you work him in throughout the rest of the game if, if, if scenario calls, or even if it was as a decoy, why not put him out there and see if you can't catch uh, Harbor Beach off guard? But uh, it appears to me that they're going to spread him out here four wide, two each way, one running back in the backfield with Sears. They might let him throw the ball here, Clark. We'll see. Sears and Neaton in the backfield. It's going to be a handoff to Neaton going around the right side, and he's met at the line of scrimmage, and that's where Ford Progress will stop as well. As the Harbor Beach defense comes up to the line and meets him for no gain, maybe a half a yard when all said and done. Number 14, Rogan Messing, the sophomore defensive back with the stop. As yeah, so they spread it out, they, uh, they kind of pull one. We see a lot out of Harbor Beach. I shouldn't say take it from their playbook, but you see it a lot from Harbor Beach. Spread it out, and uh, they run out of the shotgun formation two each way, and uh, Harbor Beach does a good job of stopping that run. Third down, 10 to go for the Lakers in Harbor Beach territory at the 44. They can get down to the 34 of Harbor Beach. Setting with three wide to the left, one to the right. Jay Sears rolling to his left, looking to pass. Downfield, he's hit as he throws. It bounces to the 40. Nearest receiver is five yards away. Threw it left-handed, mind you. He's right-handed. He threw left-handed. This one was well short, as intended for Bryson Finkbeiner. And, or actually, 
Uh, it's the pressure was put on. Pressure was put on by Caden Buchholz. There is that uh, completely disrupted uh, that throw there. But to to Clark's point, uh, rotate to the left. He's got that bandage around his right elbow. He actually put that ball intentionally in his left hand and had every intention of throwing that football. It come up short, but you can you can thank Caden Buchholz for that as he makes a big hit while Sears was rolling to his left trying to get rid of that football. I can do that every so often in pickleball. I can play with my right hand, but not not a whole lot. Yeah, keep in mind you are left-handed, so yes. that wouldn't have been so hard. <laughs> bad for you, but uh, if that's not your dominant hand... I wouldn't have gotten 10 yards away from the pocket either. Fourth <laughs> down and 10. Lager's going for it at the high reach 44. Staying in the pocket, throwing, looking downfield. Now he rolls to his left. Going to th- keep it for himself. Now he's going to run downfield. He's across the 40 and he's hit hard at the 35-yard line. He's going to be shy of the line the, go- the line to gain. Going to mark him just shy of the 35-yard line. So he's going to be shy of the, by a yard. And this is going to result in a turnover on downs as Jay Sears tried to make that one happen with all of his might. And he was just that much short by about a yard. Nine-yard gain for Jay Sears. Knocked out of bounds by Howard Beach. Turnover on downs. Howard Beach back on the field. A heck of an effort by Jay Sears. Again, uh, not wanting to run that football. He is trying not to take a big hit. But for his team, he lays it out on the line, diving for that first down marker, angling out at the end at the uh, sideline. And he is hit by a couple different Howard Beach Pirates. Definitely a yard short, probably two yards short. To give him the benefit of the doubt of being one yard short, uh, give him a lot of credit for all that effort there as a senior, but just a yard short, and the Harbor Beach defense stands on fourth down and 10, and with 5.07 to go in the game, the Harbor Beach offense comes on the field. In the tee, looking to milk this clock, and it's a handout to Benson Harbor. He gets out all the way out to the 40-yard line for a five-yard gain. Derek Luke good on the stop. Derek Carr was in the area as our spotter, Ken Lanthus, was willing his way into that tackle. Second down and five for the Harbor Beach Pirates, 445 and counting, leading Lakers 18-6. to yeah, Good tackle there by Luke Good, but uh, again, now Benson Harper starting to benefit a little bit here more. He scores that 15-yard touchdown run. They go right back to him as soon as they get the ball, and now all of a sudden he's finding some room, getting five yards on first down, attacking the middle of the field. Aiden Bukholz under center at their own 40-yard line, left right across the radio, leading by 12 points. And out to Benson Harper, breaks out of one tackle. He's going to take three jerseys with him all the way out to the 50-yard line. Tackle made by Luke Good after a 10-yard gain for Benson Harper when they needed five. Move the chain, stops the clock momentarily, 4-18 left in the fourth, leading by 12 points, 18-6. to yeah, nice, Another nice run there by Benson Harper. Luke Good, Dayton Lasowski all going for a ride, trying to bring him down. But again, when you t- try to tackle him around the soldiers, those legs are still churning. He's dragging him three, four, and five yards down the field and a first down for Harbor Beach as they continue to work on this clock uh, and fully expect it might be Shea Woodkey's turn here to help grind out some clock. So a first down, first and ten from midfield at the 50. Less than four to play. Harbor Beach 18, Lakers 6. Lakers' only score came in the second quarter with 5.23 left in the half. Buchholz, there's the snap, hands it off to Rogan Messing who rumbles out for uh, six yards when all said and done. Out to the Laker 44-yard line. Tackle made by Caleb Neaton. And we have a timeout called by Dave Lavaster and the Lakers trying to conserve as much clock here as possible with 341 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Rogan Messing, he got through the line of scrimmage so quickly, he actually got a little ahead of himself there as he runs into the back of Isaiah Caban uh, down the field, kind of tripped him up as much as anybody, and that allowed Neaton to come over and clean him up. But, uh, again, Lakers know the ball is going to be run, and all of a sudden they've kind of, Lost track of these running backs, and that's a big run for Logan Messing there. An easy six yards on the play, maybe seven, and that uh, keeps them ahead of the chains and 
giving them another chance to get another first down would pretty much take away any chance Lakers has of making a very dramatic comeback. Lakers has just one more timeout remaining. And it's a second down, four to go for Harbor Beach in Laker territory at the 44. 18 to six they lead right now. Leading by 12 points, Harbor Beach with 169 yards of offense on the ground on 37 carries at 70 yards in the second half. As they had a short field to work after blocking the punt from Jack Spoglinski set up a short scoring moment later. And now leading by two scores. 18 to 6. 341 left in the fourth quarter. Second down, five to go for the Pirates. Left right across the radio. Caden Bukals in his white road uniform hands it off to Shea Woodkey. He's hit immediately, but somehow Shea Woodkey with that low center of gravity gets all the way out to the 43-yard line. Tackle made by Lucas Weiner. Middle linebacker or outside linebacker, and we have a third and final timeout called by Lakers with 327 left in the fourth quarter. So if Lake if Lakers can come up with a stop here, so Dave, do you think Harich goes for it, just runs it out and see, you know, may the chips fall may where they be, or do they punt this one and try and pin Lakers deep back? Uh, I, I think uh, you'll, you'll know a lot more after how this running play goes. With it being third down and three, I think as long as Harbor Beach gets any sort of positive yards, at me as a coach, I'm going for it. Because even if I don't get the first down, Lakers are still going to have to go 60 yards on my defense, which they've only done once tonight and then recover the onside kick and do it all again in about three minutes' time or less. So if I'm Harbor Beach, as long as I don't get a bad snap or something where I lose a bunch of yards, I will go for it on fourth down here in Laker territory. That was the third and final timeout for the Lakers in the second half, so they cannot stop the clock any further. 3.27 left in the regulation. Pirates are facing a third and three from the Laker 43-yard line. Three yards inside the right hash, left right across the radio. Caden Buchholz saunters under center. Three men behind him in the straight tee. There's the snap, and it's going to be a handoff to Benson Harper. Gets very close to that 40-yard line. They're going to say he's shy at about the 41-and-a-half-yard line, so, or 40-and-a-half-yard line. Gain of two on the play when they needed three. Fourth down and less than a yard to go. Tackle made by Luke Good for the, Harbor, or for the Laker defense. And the clock will continue to roll here under three minutes. Fourth down, less than a yard to go. Yeah, for Lakers, good job. That's exactly what they needed. Fourth, fourth down, that's exactly what happens. You have to kind of all-out gamble here. You have to, again, you don't know who's going to get the football here. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if any one of the four ball carriers for Beach gets it. But if you're, you're Lakers, you kind of got to pick two and all-out gamble and hope you get the right one to force a turnover. But, again, Beach kind of got what they wanted. Give me some positive yards. We're going for it on fourth down in your territory. And uh, we're going to try to close out this game right now with a first down. And they stop the clock momentarily. Looks like someone had dropped something on the near sideline. Fourth down, less than a yard to go for the Pirates. At the Laker 40-and-a-half-yard line. Same formation as those white jerseys starting to look shades of tan and brown. Here is Keaton Bukals on the quarterback. Heber has it by with ease as he gets all the way out to the 38-yard line before he's really hit by that Laker front line. It's going to be a fourth down conversion. That one salts this one away as they stop the clock to move the chains momentarily. Tackle was made by James McCarl, the starting defensive tackle senior for the Laker front line. First and 10 from the 39-yard line. They're going to give him a gain of two on that. And the clock will start back up right now. Two minutes, 20 seconds and counting. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how good Caden Buchholz is, how good he is at that, because that you would expect just to be blown up with bodies and green jerseys everywhere. 
but he gets right behind uh, the center and standing up walks two yards and gets that first down. So, again, the quarterback sneak works for the second time tonight for Harbor Beach. A very important first down, and that'll be enough for Harbor Beach to uh, to run the clock out now with Lakers unable to stop the clock. Skating Buchholz hands it off to Benson Harper, who goes absolutely nowhere as Lakers blew that one up immediately at the 38-yard line. And they're going to say give him a gain of a yard. As is tackled made by number 55, Wyatt Schulte Sr., as the clock rolls under a minute and a half to go here in the fourth quarter. And now they say no gain on that. And they're going to loss of it. The near side judge is still at the 39. Now they have the ball at the 39. 39 and a quarter yard line. Yeah, let's say no gain yeah, on No play. gain on that one. Second down and 10 for Harbor Beach. Second down, 10 to go. Caden Buchholz hands it out. Quarterback keeper around the left side. He has a lead blocker, the 35. He runs out of that tackle, and he's going to slide down inbounds at the 31-yard line. So an eight-yard pickup for Caden Buchholz. Keeps the clock going. Less than a minute's play. One more snap, and this one is over. Yeah, very smart play. Is, uh, again, they, they sell out on the run up the middle. He keeps it himself. He doesn't take any hits. Doesn't go out of bounds. He just lays down after a nice gain. It's going to bring up third down, but uh, job done there for Harbor Beach. That was, uh, again, a play in the middle of the game. He's turning up the sideline and going. But in this case, a very veteran move for a, uh, a young sophomore, sliding down, making it third down and two in Harbor Beach now. Uh, not sure why they don't kneel it, but uh, we've seen this happen before in the college game, but uh, <laughs> they could have done it last play, too, if they wanted. But nonetheless, uh, Harbor Beach should uh, take a knee here and win this game. And now Harbor Beach comes out in the genuflect offense, and there's the knee, and this game is over. The Harbor Beach Pirates take the victory in Laker country and now have the slight edge in the overall series as Harbor Beach now leads the overall series 17-16 to as they take out the Lakers come it was a tie ball game entering the fourth quarter. They tack on two scores in the last quarter to take the lead and the victory on the road. Harbor Beach final. Harbor Beach 18. Lakers 6 on the WLW Sports Network. When we return, we'll have this whole thing wrapped up from Laker Country on a rain-soaked evening from Laker Country. Props to everyone who stuck this one out in the stands tonight. This rain has certainly not stopped falling. We'll return in just a few moments here on the WLW Sports Network as Harbor Beach wins on the road and proves... To seven and one on the season, taking out Lakers eighteen to six in the WLW Sports Network. It took some fourth quarter heroics from the Harbor Beach Pirates, but they win on the road in week number eight. To improve to 7-1 on the season as they take out the Lakers, 18-6. As the train goes by in celebratory action for the Pirates. And the Pirates head back east with a victory in tow. We'll wrap this thing up in just three minutes from Laker country. Week 8 is done. One more week in the regular season on the WLW Sports Network.
You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. After 48 minutes of play, the Pirates are victorious on the road, taking out the Lakers 18-6. It was 6-0 out of the first, 6-6 at halftime, 6-6 at the end of the third quarter, and the difference came in the fourth quarter. And Dave Hanson, how much tell us about our scoring plays tonight? Well, started on the first drive of the night. The road team, Harbor Beach, goes right down the field, all running plays to capped off by a quarterback sneak. Caden Bukaltz, one yard away, puts Harbor Beach on top, 6 to nothing. The two-point conversion would fail, and at the end of the first quarter, Harbor Beach would lead the Lakers 6 to nothing. Second quarter, though, all Lakers. A drive finally capped off by a Caleb Neaton four-yard touchdown run. That extra point would be blocked, and at the half, we are all square at six apiece. In the third quarter, more of the same. No scoring at all. Still six to six. But in the fourth quarter, uh, it was a Harbor Beach defense and special teams that gave two short fields in back-to-back possessions. The first one capped off by a Shea Woodkey five-yard touchdown run. Another two-point conversion would fail. And then just a few plays later, a block punt would set up a Benson Harper 15-yard touchdown run. Yet another two-point conversion would fail, but it would be enough as the visiting Harbor Beach Pirates beat the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers 18-6. to Lakers are just two for nine on third downs tonight, one for two on fourth downs. They all put together 121 rushing yards on 37 carries. Attempted one pass, that was incomplete. The Harbor Beach Pirates, 182 yards on the ground on 43 carries. One for two on the passing attack for nine yards. Altogether, Harbor Beach ran seven more plays and had 70 more yards to show for it than the Lakers tonight, 191 to 121 on 45 plays versus Lakers 38 plays. Leading the way for the Harbor Beach rushing attack, Shea Woodkey, the senior. 14 carries, 67 yards, and a score. He averaged 4.8 per carry tonight, carrying the ball a third of the time. Benson Harper, 13 carries, 54 yards, and a score. He averaged 4.2, carried the ball 30% of the time. Caden Buchholz, quarterback, 11 carries, 42 yards, and a score. Averaged 3.8, as did Rogan Messing, 3.8 for him on five carries for 19 yards. Through the air, Caden Buchholz, one for two for nine yards. Skylar Cruz brought in that lone reception, which was right before the half was over. Got that right, Clark. So, again, just an even distribution there of carries. Uh, Harbor Beach pulled away in the second half. Again, it, it took uh, the entire game for Lakers to get over the 100-yard total mark. I mean, clearly the weather had a big factor on this game. Uh, the lack of Jay Sears on offense clearly yeah. showed that uh, the, the Lakers just didn't have that firepower they needed because uh, otherwise they were in this game. you, you got to believe if a healthy Jay Sears, this is a very, very different ball game, potentially even uh, the other team winning. For Lakers offense, they were led by Caleb Neaton, who stepped in in Jay Sears' absence for a majority of the game. 19 carries for 63 yards and the lone score for the Lakers tonight. Luke Good, 10 carries for 31 yards. Colton Tulaski, 5 carries for 18 yards, mostly on jet sweeps. And Jay Sears, 2 carries for 9 yards. And Lucas Wainer, 1 carry for no gain. Jay Sears, 0 for 1 in the passing attack, was intended for Bryson Finkbeiner. But that was a Jay Sears left-handed throw. And Bryson Finkbeiner had no chance in bringing that one in. On defense, Harbor Beach ended up with 37 tackles, two tackles for a loss in one blocked punt, which really changed momentum and sh- swinged it in favor of the Pirates to finish the game on top. Lakers with 46 tackles and three tackles for a loss. They're led by Derek Carr, who had 11 tackles, including one for a loss. Jay Sears at seven, Luke Good and Dayton Lasowski each at five, and James McArdle at four. Rogan Messing and Dustin Emmerich led the way for the Harbor Beach defense with six tackles apiece. Shea Woodkey and Jax McGlinsky at five. Jax McGlinsky had two tackles for a loss, including the blocked punt, and Benson Harbor at four tackles. 
Yeah, it was, uh, again, a ground-and-pound game, so not surprised. A lot of your linebackers uh, lead the way with tackles as they try to cut down each team's running game. But uh, for Lakers, I mean, it was Caleb Neaton and just not getting any help. Um, uh, the jet sweeps worked kind of early for Colton Tulaski, but in the second half, those uh, those did not go anywhere. Again, Colton Tulaski had 18 yards on five carries. His long was 16 yards. So the rest of those sw- jet sweeps didn't go anywhere for him. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, just no one else is able to jumpstart this offense. Caleb Neaton eventually carried this team into the end zone for the first time, but just nothing else happening. And uh, both defenses played well today, took advantage of the situation. But, uh, again, it was the Harbor Beach special teams that makes a big play to really put this game away and set up a short field for their offense. So, Dave Hanson, what do you really think was the, the key factor for Harbor Beach to really blow this thing open in the fourth quarter? Oh, I, I think I think actually the biggest factor might be Laker penalties. And, ah, and, you're right, and, yeah. and Lakers negative yard plays. How about that? They had a couple snaps in that second half that went backwards. They had a couple big plays um, that went the wrong direction. And then you cap it off with a couple penalties. And uh, they just they stunned themselves in the second half. And Harbor Beach takes advantage of those situations. Harbor Beach moved the ball just fine, but they weren't able to punch in the end zone. You give them 30 yards or less to work with, they're going to punch in the end zone. And that's what they did in the fourth quarter. So... When all said and done, congratulations to Doug Cole, who took his first victory of the season uh, on the for the Thompson, for the uh, media round table presented by Thompson Chevrolet and Dave Hanson, who's your Thompson Chevrolet player of the game. That's close, but uh, the game was changed. Um, you could tell when Harbor Beach had their best. Um, offensive drives, and those drives were carried by number five, Shea Woodkey. Uh, he was the difference maker. Now, I know normally 14 carries, 67 yards, doesn't blow anybody away. He's the leading rusher for any team in this game. He had the largest yard per carry average. He punched in the go-ahead touchdown for Harbor Beach, and oh, by the way, he's one of their leading tacklers. Uh, I will say, just to highlight this, because we don't normally get a defensive player, yeah. but Jack Smiglinski was definitely in the consideration for this, but uh, it's got to go to the senior, Shea Woodkey. Uh, again, helping finish those drives, extend drives along the way. And you could tell in the second, third quarter when they went away from him, that offense did nothing. He was the, the catalyst for this offense that helped get them over the hurdle of this bad weather game and go over and come over this intense Lakers defense up front. And we do apologize for cutting out there for you on our post-game show here. We're having a few internet connectivity problems. and But if you want to go back, we were talking all the way through. That's silence for you, folks. So if you want to go back and listen to our post-game show or the entire broadcast, you can do that commercial-free at WLEWsports.com. Probably tomorrow about 1 p.m. is my guess. I'll have that game up there after editing things down. And so you'll be able to listen back to every single second of tonight's game in week number eight. And let's take a look at other area scores. We'll start out in name player football. Kingston pulls away in the second half. They were leading 16-6 to over Mayville. They won 38-14 to eventually over Mayville. Last we heard, Brown City was leading, came back 12-0. So maybe the rain negating Brown City's aerial attack tonight as they are clearly the, the lead team in eight-player football in the area. In 11-player football, Sandusky blanks Caro. In Caro tonight, 24-0 in that one. Marlette goes on the road and beats Reese 32-6. Badax beats USA 44-28. Ubley over Cass City, 42-8. And Harbor Reach 18, Lakers 6 to the Greartham East. Goes five and zero, five and zero over the Greater Than West in the games we have. The last game, of course, Memphis Vassar. I'd like to think one Vassar's way. 
That is as good as anybody's <laughs> guess. But uh, to your point, five and zero in the games that we know. But uh, I, I think my most surprising, the, the two there and eight players, uh, Brown City only coming up with twelve points last we heard. That is a surprise. The fact that they're giving up zero doesn't surprise me. That is a very good eight player football team. Keep an eye on them. And uh, no Evan Peruski. No problem no for problem. the Ubley Bearcats. Cassidy with no answer uh, to the Ubley Bearcat running game. And, of course, this weather plays right into their hand. But Cassidy, another ground-and-pound team, too. But apparently, uh, from what I'm hearing, Ubley had no problem running it right into the teeth of that defense. Yeah, Ubley scored three touchdowns in the first quarter, then tacked on a score the rest of the way out per quarter. 21-0, 28-0, 35-0, 42-8. The final in Cassidy's Ubley without Evan Bruski. Beats up Kansas City 42 to 8. Bad Axe wins their third time this season 44 to 28 over the USA Patriots in Seabwing and Unionville area tonight. So, Dave Hanson, final thoughts from week number eight. Oh, yeah. Thank you to Lakers country. Uh, yes. said we always have a, a good time coming here. And a roof over our head tonight. Oh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, again, again, the field held. I actually thought the field held up yeah. phenomenally because it, it is nonstop soaking rain since, like you said, a little afternoon it started. And, uh, again, the field held up well. There's a few slips here and there, but it could have been a lot worse. And I said, I'm really happy to see all these people show up to this game. Uh, lots of cool things. Uh, the band was excellent. The, the, the youth football game at halftime yeah. was cool. The announcer, uh, so, Kurt Damro, did a great job, as, as, well, as always. Though. As always. Uh, he, he doesn't miss a beat over there. But, Brought some uh, burners for us all tonight, too. Absolutely. That was well played. Thank you again for that. So, But, yes, uh, a great host over here, and we enjoyed uh, enjoyed everything and uh, a good game, and, and good luck the rest of the way. Obviously, Lakers uh, – a big game next week. I think they got a win to get in next week against uh, another rival in Bad Axe. And for Harbor Beach, uh, I th- they have a tall task at hand next week as well. And it looks like we had one leftover carnation for senior night here. And so they, I was just awarded the grand prize for best broadcast of the Harbor Beach Lakers game tonight by default. <laughs> and so thank you, Kurt Tamer, for that for that flower here from Laker Country. Beautiful facilities, bright future for both squads. And that is going to wrap things up from Laker Country tonight. Tonight's presentation was brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Anger Valley Services, Dia Services of Cass City, Conic Radiator and Air Conditioning of Bad Axe, Rainy Sunny Center, North Star Bank, Countryside Transportation, Huron Auto Parts, Laker Schools, Bayport State Bank, Tina Seely of Farm Bureau Insurance, Huron, or excuse me, Harbor Beach Community Schools, Albert Insurance Agency of Port Hope and Harbor Beach, Insure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? So on behalf of our entire broadcast team here from Laker Country, Dave Hanson, in-game analysis for 12 years by my side, Doug Cole, director of sports information, driving all the way from Livonia, Michigan, Kendall Anthes, our intern from Northwood University, and the lead student of the Dan Bengi School football spotting, doing a great job filling in for Dan Bengi's absence tonight as he's on the road with his speaking tour once again. We will return to the airwaves next Friday. And we'll stick with the Harbor Beach Pirates one more time as they host the Beale City Aggies in a very interesting matchup for week number nine. On behalf of the entire WLW Sports Network, good night. We'll see you next Friday. This has been a presentation of the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services on Sports Radio 102.1 FM and live and worldwide at WLEWsports.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search for WLEW Sports. Your home for high school football is the WLEW Sports Network.
When it comes to home improvement projects, there are only so many ways to complete the task the right way, and about a million ways for it to go wrong. That's where your local Harbor Beach True Value store comes in. A wise man once told me that the key to a home plumbing project is a full tank of gas. So instead of running to that big box store 17 times to figure out what you need on your own, while trying to look like you know what you're doing, why not head to your local hardware store that can help you reach your project's finish line? The friendly and experienced staff of Harbor Beach True Value have the knowledge and know-how of how to get the job done right the first time. They know the difference between inside and outside diameters of PVC. They know what questions to ask so that you can save time, money, and the headaches for whatever might be on that honey-do list. So when you're in need of plumbing supplies, HVAC, paint, DNR licenses, yard and garden items, or just that one random nut and bolt that went missing, you know where to go. That's your local hardware store in downtown Harbor Beach at the corner of First and State Street, just a block from the main light. Harbor Beach True Value. Locally owned and locally yours.